0: One of my boys told me that Anthony gave this girl, Melinda, a case of herpes, genital herpes, back in sophomore year.
1: Syphilis, chlamydia, HPV, and gonorrhea. Everybody loves their STDs. I don't have sex, you get an STD. Don't have sex unless it's where. My ex-coron is a filthy tramp. She's a walking STD. I love this girl, all the money in the world, but this is what she gave to me.
0: Well, I wouldn't mind catching herpes. In fact, it might be nice. One less thing to worry about because you can't catch herpes twice. Gift that keeps on giving, but that's all right by me. I'd rather be taking Valtrax instead of AZT.
2: Hey, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen, as always, a flake by Matt Ralston. Like most people, Matt has taken the government shutdown pretty hard, though he'll tell you it still pales in comparison to the West Hollywood sodomy shutdown of 2012 when power bombs went on strike, demanding more emotional support. And you thought Yosemite had a roadside poop problem. <laughs> uh, have you been affected, Matt, by the government shutdown? Have you uh, found your daily routine dramatically impeded? No, I haven't flown though, so I heard
0: that the TSA is a problem. But um, it would be cool if they all quit their jobs and <clears throat> that job didn't exist anymore. Like the TSA, yeah, I would totally take my chances and be completely fine with zero screening whatsoever. Really, you wouldn't look at
2: the guy in like the head head robe or something like that a little more suspiciously. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't. You remember flying after after nine eleven? Certainly, you must have looked at the guys, the swarthy guys with like the. The beards and the, the the headgear and stuff like that a little differently. Dude,
0: I flew once and I was freaked out. I never, I didn't sleep the whole flight. I was flying from uh, where was I flying from? Hawaii. I was flying from Honolulu to L.A. And in Honolulu, these guys in front of me had Arabic passports. <laughs> yes, I think they were in, Indonesian, and um, they were young, very well dressed. They had no bags, no carry on, <laughs> nothing except one guy was carrying like a laptop just in his hand they immediately once they got on the plane started watching cleric videos and then sat down in the aisle um of the plane slash just stood by the bathroom for four hours without going in i was almost certain they were planning to kill us and i think they were were you look at the other doing wh- something we
2: look at the other white guys on the plane saying let's roll like ready let's go you eyeball eyeballed the other white the I eyeballed the whole plane And yeah. it was fat
0: people sleeping <laughs> yeah, and I was like Shit I'm going to have to take this Into my own hands here I don't know what the fuck They were doing But it wasn't normal
2: Well there were those uh, I remember in uh, Min- I think it was Minnesota uh, They arrested like Six or seven clerics Muslim fundamentals Off the plane Like about a month or two After 9-11 hmm. And they were intentionally Like trying t- They were legal And they were all fine With what they were doing But they were intentionally Trying to stir up Problems on the airplanes just to prove a point well, that like they were talking loudly in Arabic and like, they weren't like yelling, we're going to blow the plane up, but they're just talking loudly in Arabic, watching those videos and stuff. And just cause they're trying to get like ACLU, they're trying to get like civil rights complaints going because obviously, especially after nine 11, if you remember it was, fucking they were pulling aside every like swarthy looking arabic dude
0: i mean that would be enough to get a group of white people kicked off the plane too that's just weird yeah behavior i mean you can't do anything weird on a plane
2: uh not anymore you can't no you used to be able to do lots of weird Although, they
0: want to kick you off so they can fucking put someone else in your seat
2: yeah but there was it was they were trying they were trying to make a point that because i'm air because i'm muslim and i'm speaking arabic you're going to typecast you know typecast me as a bomber therefore you're going to like not let me hang in the aisle or hang by the lavatory. They started changing all of it. I get it.
0: I'm glad they were kicked off the plane.
2: Uh, I am too. And uh, by the way, I think we should do a. Uh, my idea is to have a, a TSA-free year, and we just see how many planes go down. <laughs> like we just, we just have a year without the TSA, and we just see how many planes get like high. You know, get the height. I mean, I, you reinforce the doors. You can't get in the pilot door anymore. It would would
0: be zero. No one's trying to take planes down anymore. There'd
2: be a couple loons who would try, like that shoe bomber kind of guy, or the underwear bomber, or whatever it was, put shit in their underwear. But besides that, I think people could take them down. Although, people also forget, by the way, that before 9-11, you just didn't walk on an airplane. You still had to go through screening. They had the metal detectors. You didn't have
0: to take your shoes
2: off. You there was a bunch of other yeah it was less intrusive but you still had to go through a metal de- I, I remember walking through a metal detector you took all the shit out of your pockets and then you walked through the metal detector and then you, sort of like at the stadiums now
0: well that i can stay yeah i mean i get taking your stuff out of your pockets and walking through a metal detector yes. that seems reasonable um
2: it was the it was the, the new the new thing was the shoes and the belts the laptops, the all the other crap that has to be individually taken out. Like the liquids, the liquids. And, but
0: it was it was also the whole attitude. Well, they immediately stationed troops, uh, National Guard, with machine guns at every airport, as if I don't know what that was. <laughs> I, I think it was part of just the New World Order and establishing that um, you know we're going to enact the Patriot Act and and shit's going to be different from now on. But it, it was it was more just okay. No one's arguing. i'm gonna walk through a metal detector i'll take this out of my pocket but there wasn't the wait here like after you after you cross through they always say wait and i'm like for what fucker (laughs) what are you talking about what am i waiting for for you to say okay now you're good i still
2: like being i don't like being barefoot with a bunch of people that feels very like a egyptian sauna or turkish bath thing to me just being naked being footless like a barefoot with strangers
0: I don't like the scanners they they uh really? I, don't, I don't like people looking at my balls
2: I don't mind that I kind of like when they <laughs> I had I wink I wink at them
0: They buried this story real hard when they first enacted those scanners that was like 10 years ago and this uh, high school volleyball team was going through the scanners Girls' volleyball team, and the TSA guy was beaten off to the monitor. Yeah, and they fired him, but no one ever talked about
2: it. It sounds like a horrible story, Matt. It also sounds like something that you and I would do if we were TSA agents, because you're so fucking bored. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me that like if the if the girls' vol if the uh, like the UW volleyball team was walking through, you wouldn't be checking the scanner out on them? I don't know about the masturbating part. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. You get I, pretty bored. You get pretty bored I don't there. Know
0: what I would do, I might think about taking a plane down, honestly.
2: Would you think about uh, like uh all day. Would you think about insisting on a, a pat down for all the hot chicks you walk through? <laughs> I I got to say that's a very human quality to uh, want to uh, uh sort of abuse the uh, attractive women who walk who walk through. Well, I told I
0: actually told this one TSA agent cuz I I'm just fucking sick of it and I was in Alaska where it's always some ex-military guy that you know, has a chip on his shoulder and thinks he's captain america and um so this lady went in front of me and she said uh sorry i don't want to and they said you know you've been chosen for a pat down and she said i don't want to be patted down by a man and they said okay we'll bring a woman over and then so he went to pat me down as well and i said i'm sorry i can't have a man oh really pat me down because i'm gay and and then he was just like huh well, i don't know and i was like yeah i mean it's like a sexual thing so I need- well, you should be
2: able to pick your i think you should be able to pick your gender regardless right
0: Oh, I don't know. I've never no, I don't you were, think say they've you, ever heard a man request a woman. Say you
2: were, really? But now they think about it it makes sense. Although the women are hardly uh, attractive. It's not like it's not like Cheryl Teagues walks over or some hot model walks over to pat you down. It's some, some butch in, in tight slacks. Sl- slack she barely fits into.
0: No, I was just being a dick. I'm sure he assumed I wasn't actually gay. Uh, maybe.
2: May you say just say your father molested you as a child and you need <laughs> you need a you need a woman. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by the new Spider-Man movie, casting a transgender actor to play a high school buddy of Peter Parker. The internet, internet is a buzz, and so are we, because transgendered are one third of one percent of this nation, and it's time they got forty percent or so of the attention. <laughs> the new Spider-Man movie—now you have to see it. It was a big breaking news story that the the new the next Spider-Man live-action Spider-Man uh, has cast a uh, a, tran- a woman. I guess it's a woman who is now a man. Like this is twenty something. I don't know. Uh, transgendered actor to play a, a a buddy role of Peter Parker in the movie. I think he has one line. Uh, it's huge though, Matt, because now there's trans finally transgender actors in, in the Marvel Comic universe. Okay. What sure. you've been what you've been, wait, what you've been waiting for. I feel like if I, first of all there's way obviously way too much attention on the, the transgender casting of anybody they mentioned four other shows that also put out a huge press releases saying oh by the way don't forget we have transgender actors we cast them too uh, it seems like they should be on more meaningful content like they'd want to be like oh we're in an oscar like we're in an oscar movie or we're in like some meaningful film
0: we're in a movie about the making of the
2: oscars <laughs> It's well just like you know like i guess if there was like a film about where a transgender had a serious role and it was like the crying game say the crying game for instance where it's sort of a, a, a transcendent movie or transcendent role for like transgender but like spider-man peter parker's buddy in high school
0: like well, okay. isn't, uh, Spider-Man, is spider-man does he live in new york yes he does because
2: new york you know it's one of the trans capitals of the country yeah i but uh it should not matter should it not, shouldn't it not matter that you actually have a transgender high school buddy well if you're doing it right you can't <laughs> tell anyway
0: so for all I know, you know half the actors in Spider-Man are transgendered. Um, well, assuming it's not, you know, a Bruce Jenner situation where it's more or less. No, I saw the picture. You
2: can kind, you can kind of tell. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's actually like sort of a large girl who became a boy. It's just, I don't know. There's not, it's not exactly like the hot, like the, the hot. I'll call the hot transgender. I don't know. The whole point, the whole thing to me is, if you have to shout it out from the rooftop. Then you haven't really arrived You haven't quite arrived yet I know they did it for a long time with gay actors And now it's transgender actors Also by the way it's just a very small Percent of the population And they're making such a huge deal about it And the movie's going to (laughs) suck Also when they first announced the headline I thought it was Jake Gyllenhaal because he's in the movie I thought (laughs) Gyllenhaal You thought he was turning into a woman (laughs) That's what I thought (laughs) i don't know maggie gyllenhaal (laughs) i don't know uh don't forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last minute thanks to all our new patrons get this shit now before it disappears if you wish to contact the show hit us up on twitter at last men podcast or on facebook also last Men podcast all right on to the show uh matt we have to talk about the gillette uh, razor ad everybody's talking about it but i don't think in the way gillette thought they thought they would be (laughs) The best men when they came out of the title the best men can be I thought about the Melania Trump be best the be best hashtag she came out because she does not speak English very well right it just it was it was like a, a playoff the best a man can get but in an awkwardly awkwardly worded like we have to contort our our famous slogan into something sort of about. M- Virtue signaling about men being better men. So the the best best, men can be. Best men can be. The best men can be. (laughs) Uh. It's like they didn't put a lot of time into that, but they had to sound like the original slogan, but something else. So it's a, they call it a short film to make sure it wasn't seen as an advertisement, which it clearly is. And it's only uh, I think. Since when does Gillette make short films? <laughs> I don't know. Do they have any feature <laughs> material coming can out? See? Uh, but they, they, well, there's a, it's, I think it's before the a, before the actual ending portion where they kind of tell you to buy Gillette. Uh, I think it's seventy seconds, 70, 75 seconds. So let's say a very short, a very short, like even shorter than I love uh, I love basketball by Kobe Bryant. It's I mean,
0: technically, any commercial could be considered a short film, I suppose.
2: Well, they're telling a they're telling a story. They're telling a narrative. They hired a real director, a female director, of course. You have to fire if you're really going to talk about the problem with men. You've got to hire, hire a female. You got to hire a female director.
0: So is she thoroughly embarrassed and will never work again? Since no. Like, everyone's mocking this. No, no I
2: think it came out exactly as she wanted. <laughs> I don't. By the way, so you shouldn't care whether or not it's a male or female director, except maybe if the entire subject matter of your short film is the problem with men. Then people are going to ask, like, who made this. You know, besides Gillette, who actually made this, and it's a a woman who came up in the Procter and Gamble uh, diverse, you know, film diversity for their directing their commercials. Procter and Gamble owns Gillette, Uh, outspoken female activist, which is fine. But when she starts making like here's the uh, here's the ultimate film on the problem with men, and it's a a, you know an outspoken feminist, then people are going to start asking. Then people are going to start asking questions. Yeah. So the, I have a lot. You you have a lot. So like, so the film shows the premise of the film obviously, and this they're not the first people to do this. Remember the NBA lean in campaign, where like the players would say lean in. Oh <laughs> right. Yes, that was like three or four. They, they just
0: said lean in. That was the whole thing.
2: Yeah. Anytime like a, a male, anytime a male dominated business or, or a sports league or something like that has has an excessive number of rapes that month, then they have to come <laughs> they have to come out with some sort of. Men can do better. Men can do better social campaigning or b- breast cancer. The NFL right after that did the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. They initiated. Yeah, look, our guys beat up a lot of their wives and girlfriends. But, hey, we're breast cancer. We're raising money for breast cancer. It's all It's all good here. But I don't understand, like, so the, the whole premise of this is that men are not – masculinity is toxic, Let's first off. You can't get away from that. That's part of the theme of this, that men somehow – are in gen- instead of teaching their boys to use Gillette razors and shave themselves during puberty and also teach them to be chivalrous, gallant, uh, uh, caring men, sensitive men, that they're just teaching them to beat each other up, to bully one another, and to her- sexually harass women, and that needs to stop. Yeah, the premise, yeah,
0: it was sort of that men are naturally inclined, like without being directed any given way, they will simply be... Beat the shit out of each other <laughs> yes. and then
2: go rape. Um, which there probably is some truth to that. Yeah, I think it. I think that. Run, I think it definitely runs in family. I get that point. I mean, it, the thing it wasn't it was like taking like what a woman. It's sort of like taking what a woman sees as the archetypal cliche of men, like the bad side of men, and applying it to all men. If, if they had simply at the beginning of the movie said like, "Look, like ninety percent of dudes or ninety five percent of dudes aren't like this," but if, hey, for you small number of guys who are just fucking hostile beasts. This adds for, this adds, this adds for you. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Just like I, I could do a film about like horribly gold digging, uh, you know, asinine women who are just on the, on the take all the time. And just say, okay, women, this isn't for all of you. <laughs> this is, this is particularly for you. So for instance, Matt, in the film, the short film, the guy, all the guys are flipping burgers at the backyard barbecue as guys do. And there's two boys rolling around on the ground in front of them, beating the crap out of each other.
0: They're all schlubby men. Yes, and, and they they almost made them look um, uh, almost nondescript, uh, almost uh, you know conform as, a, as if ev- all men are the same, and they're you know thirty pounds overweight. It was a
2: backyard suburban dad.
0: Yeah. And it, uh, they, but did, they were lined up like drones, like, like almost signifying these, these men aren't important. Or it? that they don't
2: think for themselves or they just follow like, like the Borg. They just follow like the directive, the male archetype directive yeah. without thinking. And therefore, they watch two boys rolling around the ground beating, beating the crap out of each other. And their mindset is, oh, boys will be boys. Right. Matt, let me ask you, have you ever been to a barbecue uh, where like 12-year-olds were just fisticuffing the crap out of each other? And that the guys were standing around just going like, oh, boys will boys, we'll be boys <laughs> as the two kids I are beating be the crap. Be I don't a- attend a
0: lot of uh, barbecues in like rural Alabama, <clears throat> um, you know, d- during the 4th of July when uh, people are blackout drunk on moonshine. and um, I have. You know, there's a Klan rally. No, I mean, I've been to, I, I've, I've been around good parents and bad parents and all different kinds of parents. And a common theme is if kids were doing that, it, it, they would say stop. And it might be you're in timeout or fuck you or, you know, go sit in your room or I'm going to smack you on the ass. Yeah. Or something. But it may not
2: be it may not be the most sensitive breakup of the fight. It may not be that the L.A. times timeout. Think about what you've done and, 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 you know, go through your search your feelings for what's wrong here. It may be the drunk dad just like get the fuck off the ground now. And, you know, whatever. And whacking the kid. Yeah fine but at least they're gonna st- they're not gonna watch the kids roll around like gladiators on the ground beating the yeah. crap beating the crap out of each and, other yeah
0: and as if men of any ilk don't know that already as if they need Gillette to tell them how, how to conduct themselves and and raise their children uh, it's ludicrous I mean obviously this obviously uh, I don't know if we've stated this this will
2: do nothing it's completely frivolous no it's an it's an i don't think even Gillette i don't think the guys who run have run Gillette for the last 100 years the ones who are the old the old dudes at the Gillette factory under, have any any sense that this is going to sell more razors in fact Gillette's under a lot of pressure now because places like Dollar Shave Club and Harry's have undercut their prices dramatically realizing that Gillette has a 4000% markup on their pro, on their products right for, for the last you know it's just Gillette and there's big there's only two companies that make razors and they sort of had this duopoly where they charge like you know a shitload of money, relatively speaking, for the disposable razors that cost them about eleven cents. <laughs> Each one cost them like eleven cents to produce.
0: Yeah, and that that must irritate people because I notice they're always locked up. Uh, oh, the razors.
2: Yeah, at the like CVS. The so nicer. The, you mean the nicer, like the the eight dollar ones or the nine dollar ones? The well, that, you must, you must the, go for the nice ones. The replacement cartridges.
0: Yeah. I don't use razors. I mean, I would like to make a short film explaining why you shouldn't take a sharp, chiseled metal object and apply pressure to it and put it on your face. That's a horrible idea. Um, your short film's not going to do as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's something I could teach men, it's that there's a better way to shave. You get a uh, a batter uh, an electric yeah. razor, and you can get a very close shave without um, you know messing around with the whole concept of, of towing this very very razor thin line between slicing your face open and and taking the
2: hair off of your well face. with those cheap ass blades it's hard to cut anything that they <laughs> that they put out so there's another there's another portion of, of the short film where the boys are cyber bullying another boy a poor a poor redheaded kid like with glasses with glasses of course is being cyber bullied by a bunch of other boys and they're calling him loser and freak and all sorts of stuff on t- via text mm-hmm. so i did a little research on that matt it turns out that uh, cyberbullying, the uh, the texting the nasty shit, is done dramatically more often by girls than it is by than it is by boys. Oh yeah, so it's ninety percent more. Right? As it turns, I mean, boys are still the physical bu- more likely to physically bully one another on the playground and then actually you know shove each other around. Girls don't do that, but the actual like this this direct message or text or you know social messaging stuff, where all the girls are picking on one girl until she kills herself. Yeah. It's all it's girls. It's like heavily, heavily girl. It's heavily a girl trait. To uh, they call it speaking ill, the speaking ill bullying, where they actually like talk shit about each other and try to like harass, like verbally and textually harass people. Yeah, it's
0: like anything else. I mean, the boys will rough another boy up and 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 will bully uh, other boys, but you know, women are more insidious and calculated yes. and they will get together and say we're going to bring this person down and we've all seen it happen before
2: and the, and the problem with this is because a boy's bullying is very in your face it's much easier to control so you can like if you're on the, you have a playground monitor you can see the kids like shoving each other but what the girls are doing is much is much more heinous in a way because it's all done behind the scenes and the teachers the principal and the parents don't even know what's going on like if a kid gets a you know in the old days a kid would get a little Brady, the Brady Bunch kid would come home with a black eye and the dad would have to investigate why he had a black eye, and then they find there was a bully at school who was like punching everybody and then it well, would. Well, can't yeah. we get the their bikini
0: line trimmer, uh, you know, product to put out a commercial explaining that you know this is not this is not admirable behavior on the. I'm surprised women uh, that mothers don't understand that their daughters shouldn't be trying to
2: ruin someone else's life on purpose. Uh, so there's the, th- the third act of the film uh, is a third lesson to be learned is when girls come out in bikinis at a party uh, in, in like skimpy bikinis. They look like late teens like college age girls in bikinis. And some guys are like ogling and gawking them. And then another guy who learned his lesson from Jeanette, Gillette steps in and says, <laughs> guys, that's not how we treat women. We need to stop this kind of behavior now. That guy
0: would get <laughs> clowned so yes. hard yes. until he would he would be forced to leave the party. And if anyone in that group knew him, which I'm assuming they would, they would then bring that up every time they saw him for the next ten years. And eventually, or, he would be phased
2: out of the group. I agree with you, except in the rare case where that guy is like the date rape guy who pretends to be the defender of women, and right. then gets then gets with them later, gets with them later, gets with them later on. <laughs> Like oh Steve you're so you're so chivalrous standing up for us. Well let's go up to my room and talk let's talk talk about it. I get yeah. your pant- Well I get your panties off. Well, I was picturing not having that friend,
0: but <laughs> no. Um,
2: well so but here's here's a here's a real issue with that with that scenario, which is that the whole premise is that men are uh, yes men should not catcall or men should not like go hey lady nice tits or stuff like that. We all kind of understand that. But if the girls are coming out in skimpy in skimpy bikinis and parading around in skimpy bikinis. The idea that men are not supposed to like react to that in some sort of business. It depends on way. the scenario. Yes. If you're a
0: big group of friends and, you know, you know the girl it's and, and you've de- this is your relationship, you can say, Hey, yeah, tits are looking great today. Whatever. If, or just
2: the just the idea that, I mean, women are dressing provocatively. They're always the feminists will always say it's our right to dress as we want. We do we don't do it for the men. But clearly a girl is shaving her bikini line and wearing a tiny bikini at a a co-ed party because she wants to look good for the guys. I mean, there's, or maybe the other girls in competition, whatever the fuck it is, but she's showing herself off. I always have pictures like uh, a spring break wet t-shirt contest where the girls are getting doused in their wet t-shirts, but the guys in the audience are not allowed to say anything because it's disrespect, it's disrespectful. (laughs) Like, it's like, so yeah, men are supposed to restrain themselves in their reaction to seeing women that they, you know, sexualize women but the women are not supposed to restrain themselves in anything they're doing; they can just basically run around being teasy in no clothing, and men are not supposed to react because that's just not the way men should be. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a that seems to be a massive double standard. Well, men
0: are going to react. Of course they are. So, I mean, I don't know that they would. If men were reacting that way, that's that's the way that that amateurs might behave. You know, I mean, you're probably going to want to play it cool, assuming your goal is to bang one of these. Um, bikini girls. So you're gonna stare. You're gonna stare when there's some girl. you know. gonna us. sneak a look or something.
2: Yes. You're not. Well, they have the guys. The guy comes out. Oh, goes there. And the other guy has a camera. Picks up his camera and starts shooting. The girls like, yeah, Bob, get your camera. Bikini girls are here. Like, oh, great. Well, <laughs> let me tell you something, ladies. You're free to dress however you want,
0: obviously, but maybe at a party exclusively uh, populated by rapists. Maybe that's the bad time to do that. I don't know because these guys, if you, if a guy, if one guy is saying, you know, don't don't say that to the girls, and the other one's grabbing a camera, yeah, you're at a, like a rape convention. So I would just for well,
2: yeah, rape convention or every single '80s movie ever, <laughs> like every John Hughes movie ever, where like the guys are like trying to get laid and it's teenagers and the girls are like, you know, the, what, what's the scene in uh, Sixteen Candles when? He, they're stealing the under the girl's underpants and like showing them off in the back in the bathroom right that would be sexual assault. that would be seen as uh sexual assault or nothing less in this day and age that would never happen though would it <laughs> i don't think so and ha- i don't remember from hi- i don't remember from high school i went to high school in the 80s i don't i don't remember that happening was john hughes just a super creep uh,
0: no i think who he was that?
2: i think he was it was teens they were teen sex comedies and i think that like People, it was all it, it, nobody was getting sexually assaulted. For he could real. have just bought a bunch of panties from any store. Why it was did like he the old need old panties? Like the
0: whole, was d- he smelling them? like you remember? A you remember uh,
2: Animal House? Obviously, right? Yeah. John Belushi's on a ladder, like climbing in to see a girl changing, like getting naked and changing her clothes. Well, that movie's very rapey. <laughs> <in laughs> yes, <Yeah. a, laughs> yeah. but, but that's way. that's your context. If you put yourself in the nineteen seventy-seven, it's supposed to take place in the early sixties. But if you take your place in the seven, 1978 context of 1978 movies, it doesn't seem off-putting at all. I watched it recently, like a year ago, and I thought, damn, that's really weird. Like, and then I realized that was just 2018 me looking at this versus like, you know, 30 years ago and going, that's kind of funny that he's like staring at the girl, (laughs) like changing her clothes, you know? (laughs) I mean, it's just something that, when you saw it as a teen, if you saw it as a teenage boy, you were like, ah, oh, that's you know. I wish I could do that. That's kind of fu- hilarious. And yeah. then he, of course, he he gets injured. He has to hurt himself doing it. There has to be some sort of punishment for it. Uh, but now, looking back on it, that would be seen as like uh, rape slash sexual assault slash gross. And there'd be a protest march in front of the movie theater. You don't see those
0: guys much anymore. The peeping tom guys, I guess, because of pornography and.
2: I <laughs> mean, the actual peeping toms. Yeah. yeah or the eighties yeah. the eighties movie like a uh, fun guy steal a bikini well, top from the, the girls. The, well, every movie used to be, I mean, Back to the Future, it was always,
0: I had thought as a kid this was like a common phenomenon. A guy gets a ladder. I don't know how you <laughs> transport the ladder without getting shot. Like oh, it's
2: up in the tree and in, in uh, Back
0: to the Future. Yeah, like if there, was a g- <laughs> if there was a guy carrying a ladder down your street right
2: now, I'm pretty sure I would notice that and maybe take note. I think those it. guys have all moved on to hacking the uh, webcams and so forth. They've got a lot smarter. Yeah. Whenever you see that, whenever you see a guy arrested for doing that, he always looks like a guy who used to carry the ladder and get up in the <laughs> tree. So life has become slightly more physically simple for those people. But the whole here's the thing. So obviously they, they, the the big problem with this film is it reads it reads like uh, so, I forget who said it It looks like an o- Oberlin uh, th- uh, senior thesis project, <laughs> like it looks like a college feminist like project and like you know here's how men are, here's how we need to fix it. So and and, and they're going to feel enlightened because instead of saying like men are bad we're going to say oh, look how awesome you can be by stepping in and and stopping this this horrible male behavior but it's done by such a cold corporate 200 billion dollar razor company that no one would even believe there's anything earnest behind it whatsoever so you're not even if you're like are putting out feminist propaganda or you're creating a film uh, let's say a film uh, uh, like a Jodie Foster uh, being raped like in the back of a of a bar by all these guys the accused at least that's going to change some hearts and minds because people go like oh man this film really touched me and that's really horrible what guys do okay. but this film has no chance of actually having a, a, a social change among the people who are viewing it's the intended audience because it's being put out by Gillette in such a cynical fashion and because the cliches and the in the, in the video are so, so fucking horribly idiotic that there's no way it could possibly change the culture, the male, the guys who are actually sort of like on the line of being kind of rapey would actually change from seeing this. So it's just a fucking corporate ad. Right. And if Gillette,
0: you know, they would support like a pro-rape agenda if they sold like 10 more razors, by the way. I mean, it's, that's the whole point of (laughs) capitalism. And it rang hollow because, uh, you know, during the, when they were showing all the bad men and the boys learning how to not be bad, all of them were clean shaven to a very distracting degree. (laughs) Like they had like these chalkboard faces and um, that's not an accident. They're still like, look, our our razors work really well. You know, we're still, even though they're still trying to sell razors and, and push their brand while doing this, which is obviously the whole point in the first place, but I think that should be acknowledged that th- they still cast a bunch of um, guys with weird faces that that had shaved too close.
2: My my next idea was that Monsanto would do like uh, uh, a short film about white cops killing black people <laughs> <laughs> and they would call it cop killer. But then they would translate it to weed killer for the weed for the roundup. <laughs> like they just like Monsanto, Monsanto were really we're really big on uh, uh Ray, all these racial stops, uh, police stops, and harassment of black people. So we're making short films about it now. Uh, you can read all about it on the back of a Roundup weed killer. <laughs> like, who does does, he, does a white cop shoot the black guy in this film? we got to get some Roundup and see check the back of it to see what happens. Yeah,
0: maybe Clorox for, <laughs> yes. like, don't whitewash history.
2: Yes. Um. It's fucking, it's so it's so uh, idiotic. And so what happened is all these companies, and I don't know why they've done this, have all hired these huge diversity teams They've hired, they, they, they all have chief chief diversity officers now, also uh, inclusive officers and all this stuff. And they've given them, a like the past when they made tokens stuff they give them a lot of money now. And so they work with these ad agencies. They're always in Portland. The ad agency always in Portland for some reason. And they come up with this crap. And I think the guys just like, I think the guys who run the actual business just go like, as long as it doesn't fuck with our business, go ahead. And they just sort of wait for it to pass. That's how I feel like they're in the office going like, Ooh, that was bad. But people forget about it. (laughs) I forget about it in a week. Yeah. Like the guys who actually have are on the bottom line for selling razors, are just thinking like, God, God, okay, it's coming out. I'm just going to take a vacation this week. (laughs) Wait, right, right, right at the best men can be at spots.
0: Yeah, I don't know when this ridiculous with with this thing with the ad agencies and and all this uh, started. It's not like in the '70s Gillette was running commercials. Where a guy was shaving, and then his wife came in and was like, You burned the pork chop, and then he punched her and went back to shaving. <laughs> like, since when did they even have a stance until it became like obnoxiously uh, prescient to, to do no, so? No, and,
2: and uh, I looked, so the, the Gillette ad, The Best Men Can be, be, The Best a Man Can Get, excuse me, their slogan came out in 1989 in the Super Bowl. So that was 30 years ago in the Super Bowl. That's when they first introduced that slogan. And they had these commercials, and I don't know if you'll remember them, but it was like, the little song, the best a man can get. And it had showed guys like shaving and then it showed guys like being caring, like holding their babies and things like that. But then it also showed them being astronauts, cowboys, uh, police officers and and athletes, whatever else it was. So it actually managed to be, it was a very successful ad. They sold a shit ton after that. And they've used that slogan for 30 years because it showed that guys are both sensitive, can take care of their baby, can hold their babies in their arms and, and, and look at them lovingly. And also be astronauts Mm -hmm. and be cool ass, be cool ass astronauts. I think guys really, really relate to that, which is like, yeah, I can be sweet at home and then go fucking go to the moon. And that seemed to be like the appropriate male, like brand message to men, which is that you don't have to be, you don't have to ditch your children and your family and punch people in bars. You can just be a cool ass astronaut or cowboy, but then also take care of your wife and kids yeah, that now seemed to resonate. Like, that was like the middle ground. It seemed to resonate.
0: Now it's like because you're a man, you're clearly a fucking moron, and <laughs> yes. you don't understand uh, basic things of how society has always operated, at least in modern history, such as uh, physical assault, not good, and sexual assault. Not, not condoned, not legal, nope. not moral. Um, and uh, and, and, all, and
2: all those numbers, by the way, are coming down dramatically. So, I mean, they're actually, so 50 years ago, maybe you say, maybe this ad runs 50 years ago when men are more abusive to women without consequence. But now even like the numbers, the numbers of guys who are doing this kind of shit has to be much smaller than it was 50 years ago. So now you have a, a time when actually men are naturally evolving to be less violent. In fact, you know, the very reason we have football is because guys used to fucking just, before sports, guys used to just beat the crap out of each other. That's yeah. why they literally, literally invented football, the NFL, professional football, so the 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 laborers, the workers at the factories wouldn't beat each other up on sun on Sundays. And
0: so you know, if you watch cops or or any show like that, ironically enough, guys who are still beating their wives, they all have beards. They don't shave. <laughs> no, they don't. They are not clean shaven.
2: No, no. they're not. They're not the best. Best. Men. They have
0: the white trashy must long goatee mustache. Uh, and or that is every cops, and
2: every cops and they also all live in Florida.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and where. they're going to the ninety nine cent store for razors. So <laughs> you're not reaching any of this market uh, of of wife beaters. And
2: the and, and the cops will approach your house really quietly, even though you can hear all the yelling. hear you know, <laughs> the yelling inside. I know. So there was a couple years ago they had the ad with Amy Schumer and Seth Rogen talking about the gender pay gap for Bud Light, and the campaign failed so miserably they pulled it well ahead of time. Audi ran this thing about like. Your daughter, teach your daughters to be. Hopefully, your daughters will grow up in a world where they'll have gender equality. This is while Audi was like in the process of screwing every every woman who bought their car because they faked all their emission standards and, <laughs> and had the biggest lawsuit settlement ever in the history of mankind. So, you know, the idea of these corporations, whatever, you know, they're not necessarily evil, but these are very flawed institutions are going to be the arbiters of, mora- ar- arbiters of morality. You know, I'd rather have this come from like a Vassar a Vasser, f- you know, feminist project. At least you can understand where it came from and why they're doing it. Yeah, this is so fucking. Who's Gillette's
0: a, parent company?
2: A Procter and Gamble.
0: Oh, okay, so they've never been uh, charged by the EPA with dumping uh, bio, uh, dumping chemical waste into a um, stream or anything. No, their no. biggest,
2: their biggest, all their lawsuits are about their their price fixing and and the markup they have because they. Have just shown. I think in in, the, in Europe, in the EU, where they have much more control over the companies, they are, have been investigated constantly for their pri- for their price fixing and for the fact that they are charging so much markup on their product. Uh, in the U.S., it's basically legal to do that. What else does Procter and Gamble make? I thought they made like um, oh, they make all the household products. products Clor- no, they make Clorox, like you talked about. They make all the household products, all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> Clor. No, yeah, I mean, they're the, all the
2: companies committed gross uh, environmental d- crimes. Well, so I go back to like, you know, at least in the old days. So I, I, I'm older than you. It, like Coca-Cola would do all these like i like to buy the world of Coke happy songs about all the countries that they were moving into to give childhood diabetes to everybody. So the spread of Coca-Cola, forget Clorox, which is blatantly dangerous. But the spread of Coca-Cola has like brought like childhood obesity and diabetes to like regions formerly <laughs> that were completely healthy regions. Mm-hmm. So Coca-Cola has actually killed probably a lot more people than Clorox has. But at least their ads were really happy. At least their ads were like, I like to buy the world a Coke and teach the world to sing or whatever the fuck it was, or have a Coke and a smile. All the McDonald's commercials, McDonald's speaking of obesity, they were always happy, very happy, feel good commercials. Like eat here, you're wonderful, world is wonderful, we're all at peace, you know, share, share something with friends. They're all very positive messages. And so while they were killing people, at least they were Didn't like. Didn't
0: they invent Fanta during the Holocaust so they could sell Coke under a different name to the Nazis?
2: Oh, that's po- quite possible. I'll buy into that conspiracy. I
0: don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's a <laughs> it's quite documented it's, fact. It's
2: quite possible. All I know is I read I always read these stories about how Coke like when the day the day they moved into like these remote more remote villages around or cities around the world, and then they go back like twenty years later and they, the. The diabetes rate is like 10,000% higher than it used to be. Yeah. So, you know, but again, at least they like, at least they pretended like they're selling with a smile. like, is how you ha- feel good about this product? Now with Gillette, I just want to fucking take a razor and kill myself. Uh, Matt, you're a huge Mariah Carey fan, I think, from back in the day. You have names, nicknames for her. I actually don't know... Somehow all the female uh, singers have nicknames Like adorable nicknames That their fans call them And it's just I don't know how their male fans put up with <laughs> like, What's Mariah Carey's nickname? I don't Like Sweet Pipes or some shit like that And you know the, the Lady Gaga Beyonce is Bay, They have all like, these like in The bay hive you Gotta join the bay hive mm. Really buzzing today Like it seems like something uh, that is allows like thirty-two-year-old women to act like they're twelve. To use like, like when's the last time you used like sweet, adorable, funny nicknames? I mean, if you have, if you're a guy and you have friends, you call them fucking dumbass. <laughs> There's no like. I mean, would you still call, like, a guy, like, the fucking Squeaky or something you did when you were kids? I don't know. Like, No, I do try and come up with nicknames
0: for people, for men that I know, but I try and make them sound cool as opposed to...
2: Cool-leaning
0: derogatory, like, usually. Yeah, depending on who... Well, like, Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's a player on the Clippers. Yeah. I, I think his nickname should be Shea Butter. Yes. Um, wow, you're worse than Mariah Carey. Was than
2: considered racist, but because yeah, you want to rub him all over your body, you want to rub him all over your body. No, because he's butter. <laughs> he's smooth. Uh,
0: he's smooth like butter.
2: Um, I'm clearly talking to the wrong person about the, with this intro. <laughs> no, it's weird. It's, Any other it's, cute nicknames you have for male athletes? It's, right? <laughs> it's a little. Uh, it's a little Arrested Development. Tom Brady bunch. You want to live in his, <laughs> Tom his Brady house? bunch? You want to live in his house? <laughs> uh, I just go. With, I go with the dickhead, dumbass. Uh, occasionally, uh, fuck up things like that.
0: I nicknamed my friend growing up Rat because he looked like a rat.
2: Yeah, but he probably still doesn't go by Rat. I'm guessing. Uh, no, but people call him that. Do tough. they really? <laughs> that's tough. i always I always remember that uh, Seinfeld episode where George uh, wanted to invent himself a a really cool nickname because people around the office were calling him like a you know a very derogatory nickname. So he decided that you know the nickname you could change your nickname just by pretending that people call you something else. Yeah. And so he came up with like a co- really cool nickname. T-Bone. Yeah, yeah, right, was that it? Yeah. Yeah. And just nobody everyone just refused, everyone just refused to use it. I, everyone calls me T-Bone now. Like I guess that's my nickname. Like I had
0: this teacher in junior high school and he was such a dork, but he was a It was a Catholic school. He was a, a Orthodox Jew teacher of course don't know how that works
2: um every everything about alaska's northern exposure
0: yeah well it's cool that way but he uh he was a very sensitive guy and and we we fucked with him a lot but in an effort to be nice i I gave him a cool nickname crazy k his name was mr kurtzbard so i Mm -hmm. I call him crazy k and he cornered me and said you know man i was wondering that nickname crazy k you know i'm i'm not really do you think i'm crazy because i don't (laughs) and so then I said, all right, I'll, I'll do something about this. So I go, look, everyone, we now are going to call him, instead of crazy K, special K. So he took both literally. So then I just say, no, we don't think you're special. Uh, but, you know, he likes special, special
2: K. Isn't special K jargon for a, a drug? Uh, it's before that. It was just a cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the point of that story. Uh, so Mariah Carey is uh, suing her. So I don't know the crazy part. She's suing her uh, uh, a personal assistant. She goes through a lot of personal assistants. Mariah Carey's. Of all the divas in the world, Ryan Carey's has always had the reputation for, for being the most grossly exaggerated diva. She's always been stories about how like, her assistants have to carry around her own toilet paper when they travel, her own special water. She demands certain things. Once she got really fat, they had to like walk her but pretend they weren't walking her around places. <laughs> What's <laughs>
0: the difference between being a diva and a raging cunt, like a bad person? Like, yeah, if it, a guy's a diva, isn't he just considered a domineering asshole?
2: I think it's a difference between being a ladies man, like a guy would be a ladies man versus just like a rapey dude. <laughs> a rapey dude. <laughs> I think the diva is what you get away with if you're a woman, especially a woman of color, and you get to like be, they call them the, you know, like a queen a queen mentality, like the Nubian queen type thing, where you get to act like you're in charge and you make everybody serve you. Mm. And somehow that scene is, you know, I, I could understand the basis of that. That scene is like you're super cool because you can sort of be the queen and Insist upon very specific things and make your make your uh, you know menial staff work on your behalf.
0: We'll see how that works for you. I remember doing catering one time, and Barbara Streisand needed
2: some tea before she. It went sounds out. like you're setting up a joke, but I know this really happened.
0: It did. It did. And I said, "I'll get the tea." And I had no plans on getting that tea. Wow. Because there were like, there's so many. What are they going to say? It was that guy? <laughs> you know, I'm just like one of the 20 people working there.
2: Yeah. Plus, you can get fired from a catering job and get a catering job the next morning. Exactly. <laughs>
0: so I'm just saying, like, it doesn't always work out. Some people see what was you're that doing. Your, was that
2: your truth to power moment, Matt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that really, like really high-fived everybody afterwards. Yeah. I like to think that it,
0: <laughs> she thinks about it to this day. <laughs>
2: She really has. really. You're like you're the you were the Gillette. Uh, the best man can be short film for Barbara Streisand. You change your mind by not bringing her. It's tea. like
0: when you order something at a restaurant and you, the guy walks away and you're like, oh, he's not gonna get that right. You, uh, like I, I think for a moment she knew like this guy has no intention of like doing anything I want. Uh, but she—it was
2: too late. I was gone. I don't think it affects people like you think it affects them. <laughs> I'm sure. Also, I think all—I just assume all rich people, super rich people, are just sort of very needy and and, and and make a lot of demands because fuck, you can. I mean, that's sort of human nature. When you can get away with being abusive, people are normally abusive. So I assume that most like people worth three hundred million or four hundred million dollars who travel in private jets and hotels stuff are pretty demanding of their of their help in general. Uh, but the, the diva stats, I think, when you start talking about what you're wiping your ass with, having the Evian baths, all that kind of crap, needing like the fucking M&M sort the jelly bean sort all those stories. That's where it gets into like personal trifling of like just being super obnoxious about it. I mean, yeah, you want if you're rich, you want what you want when you when you want it. But asking people to do sort of crazy shit, that's where you become a diva.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think you're kind of that person. There's plenty of rich people that, you know, don't really care. I mean. They're going to be particular about certain things, but just because you're, I mean, she would have been an annoying person anyway. Oh, she, she's She would have been driving her. some guy insane in a trailer home.
2: Well, you know. yes, although she, in her later day story, she talked about how Tommy Matola was very controlling. Also, she's bipolar, don't forget she's bipolar and had gastric bypass, <laughs> bypass surgery. Oh my so, God. So here's a story. So she fired her personal assistant, this uh, woman named Liana Azarian. And Liana Azarian. Uh, suing her suing this is how the story goes suing mariah carey because she claims mariah carey's manager i forget stella i forget her name she's sort of famous because she was on mariah carey's tv show uh, used to like abuse her tits like for her own personal sport and fun uh when she was her personal when this woman leanna was her personal assistant mariah didn't do it to her but mariah's manager would make her like put her phone underneath her tits do like put always comment about her breasts like Making her do weird things with her breasts,
0: which the manager is abusing the assistant.
2: Yeah, not in a sexual way, but more in it just a just a dominating like sort of humiliating way. And by the way, I, I, I was forced to watch like two or three episodes of the show, of the Mariah Carey reality show of a couple of years ago, with the manager in it and this personal assistant in it and none of this was in it and this would have been such a better show <laughs> like just just making her hold it hold the uh, the cell phones underneath her tits would have been the best moment of the entire show
0: <laughs> that does sound oddly demeaning i guess just because it's like if you're sexually har- <coughs> harassing someone and it's like you know he was grabbing my butt and, and it's like well that's not cool but this is clearly just just a frivolous fuck around type of thing like it's you know, it's it's like you're playing with a cat or something.
2: Yeah, it's just it's just like it's like the old uh, uh, swimming with shark Kevin Spacey swimming with sharks. It's just being abusive to your assistant because you get off on it. Right. But you know, again, uncorroborated. So she was fired. She's suing. Amazing part of the story is she was making three hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars a year as Mariah Carey's personal assistant, her executive assistant. I'd
0: let someone pinch my nipples. For <laughs> yes. Three hundred twenty-seven. I totally
2: would. By the way, I was thinking like, what would you? How much money would it take for you to make out with Jeff Bezos? Because I assume the next woman's going to get like $10 billion. <laughs> that woman, you know that Bezos had no prenup, right? Yeah. So this woman, his wife, you know, seems like a decent enough woman. And they're getting divorced after 25 years. So she obviously was with him before he had the big, before he had the big money. She's going to get a huge chunk of that. But now he's dating this other married woman who's leaving her husband. They're going to get together. And they're all talking about like how gross. They were seen making out in public. And it was like, oh, that's so gross. I'm like, I don't know. For a billion, I'd probably make out with Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Yeah,
0: I don't attach a whole lot of importance to making out. I, I would make out with him. I don't think I'd touch his dick though. Really, for a billion? Yeah, I'd, I'd touch it. Yeah. But well, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that his wife, um, helped him,
2: kind of helped him start. Mackenzie, Amazon. Well, whatever he, she did or didn't do, she's gonna get half. She's gonna ask. She's gonna get half. So of the right,
0: family. but she wouldn't deserve half if she
2: was sitting around at home all day. I, uh, I, I'm just kind of thinking she's getting. She's no. going to get a massive... The bigger problem is the stock because she's going to own half of his stock. And so she might have... But what if
0: she deserves it is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, she may very well do. I'm just
2: talking about for the actual stock itself. It's very unnerving to people when suddenly there's a brand new majority owner, brand new sizable owner of the entire stock of the company. Right. Because she could be fucking... I mean, Bezos is what he is. Everyone knows what he is. She could be insane and just make sort of all these radical <laughs> radical decisions with her, with her equity in the company. So that's going to be an issue. But I assume he's just going to buy her out of that... With some huge, massive, multi-billion-dollar part of the settlement, uh, but back to Mariah Carey and and the breast uh, humiliation, <laughs> breast humiliation. So this woman was fired. Then she claims that she was harassed. So now she's suing for multiple millions of dollars, Mariah Carey uh, and Mariah Carey Enterprises. And Mariah Carey's team shot back with the fact that the reason she was fired was because she was tape recording intimate Mariah Carey in intimate moments. I assume that means, I don't know, taking a shit, having sex. Uh, intimate, embarrassing moments. Taking a shit intimate? Well, I, would, if, if someone was filming you taking a shit, you'd probably feel you probably feel that way. <laughs> especially if you're famous. Especially if you're famous. Uh, Amy Schumer would show off her poop, but Mariah Carey, I assume, is a, is when she takes off all the makeup and the dresses and stuff. I assume she's just a disgusting-looking, horrible blob of <laughs> blob of a person.
0: She's she's sizeably overweight.
2: Uh, well, she lost weight since the gastric bypass, but I'm guessing like. If you're that much made up and girdle restrained and so forth, you don't really want shots of you just in the bathroom, like going public. That would probably be really. Embarrassing. Well, you don't
0: ever want photos of you taken that you don't know the photos being taken. Of
2: course, but I'm saying especially so. It's not like Geraldo with his his 65 uh, year old bath towel placed around his groin, and he's like all buffed and super ripped and tanned, and he pretends like how this photo get out, <laughs> like you know. Right. Hers would be like. Saggy ass, grossness. Also, st- so I'm gonna say it Why
0: is she? I mean, I get what you're saying, but why is she like naked or like, uh, you know, blowing AC <clears throat> Slater and in front of her assistant? <laughs> I think it
2: to be AC Slater. I don't know. Is that she's blowing. <laughs> so she was she was married to Nick Cannon. And uh, speaking of horrible things in her horrible things in her life, she is personally responsible for making Nick Nick for having Nick Cannon have an adult career in in television. Like Nick Cannon was a child star, a young adult star. And had he not married Mariah Carey, it would have ended right there. And now he's on seven TV shows because of Mariah Carey, including your favorite show, The Masked Singer, yes. which, which he hosts. So she claims that, that this woman was blackmailing her to release these intimate, I assume sex and or nude grossness videos to the world if she didn't pay her all this money. And they're going back and forth. And here is my actual question. And don't forget, Mariah Carey also has the the AIDS ridden uh, hooker 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 sister oh yeah <laughs> who she won't who she won't give money to anymore as she slowly dies and by the way I'm with Mariah in that part me too because you know you're not res- you're not responsible for your especially your like your half your half fucked up siblings when they start fucking visiting motels with AIDS and, and going down and guys for cash yeah that's, that's where you got to end it she needed that life saving AIDS surgery whatever the hell that is for and Mar- me
0: it's it's I don't really loan people money but if it's one time they don't pay me back, there there will not be a second time. And unfortunately for Mariah, you know, I'm I'm sure it was a constant leeching. Oh
2: well, and also the context, which is that her sister is a is a is an AIDS drug addict prostitute. So it's not like she's like starting up a, a charity or a business and she needs your support.
0: I might just do like how they do with the homeless people in Hawaii. Is like where do you want to go? Like I'll give you a one way ticket. They do, really? Oh yeah. They, yeah. is
2: that why they're all in Los Angeles? Partly. That, you know, they're dumping all the homeless in Los Angeles. It's really, really fucking shady. Not just from other parts of California, but other states are sending their transients out to, out to Los Angeles. Yeah. It's, Which is exactly what I would do if I ran a small town in Nebraska and had meth heads. Yeah, it's been going on for a while. I
0: mean, when you ask people where they want to go, especially when they're all tweaked out, they're like, Hollywood.
2: Yeah. <laughs> be the next big thing. It's good, it's good drugs. If I ran a small town in Nebraska and I was like the sheriff or the mayor and there was like, you know, some percent of the kids were just on fucking meth and just causing all the crime, I'd buy him a fucking bus ticket to Los Angeles too. That's what happened. You can't stop them. So here's my here's my question about Mariah Carey. Are trashy people just trashy, Matt? Is it like there's no way around? Once you grow up trashy, are you forever trashy? Are you, Mariah Carey grew up really trashy? Yeah,
0: I think there's a culture of trashiness. I, I'm sure her assistant is trashy. Uh, I, I think that, I know that, I don't have the same demand for nude sex tapes as Mariah Carey. Yes. But I know that no one's... I know that if someone was recording me having sex, I would be aware of it. Um, I don't think I would be having sex in front of someone that was just chilling on a Barca lounger <laughs> that that worked for me. I think
2: she suggested it was secretly secretly taping her, like, without her without her consent or knowledge. I
0: wouldn't... If, if
2: someone was weird enough to
0: be secretly recording and setting up hidden cameras, I would detect that in them uh, much long before it, it actually transpired. This is all part of the trashiness. You know, they just attract each other. It's a revolving circle. That's what I think.
2: I think the trashy people like, like these it's same with like the Gillette, the, the Gillette guys. Those guys who actually are like kind of rapey attract each other and yeah. they're in these little rapey, little rapey circles of guys who just are fucking horrible dudes and you're never going to speak to them no matter what. It's the same with these trashy women. They're just in these groups of like I assume they all have VH1, VH1 TV shows and they're all basketball wise. They're just these trashy people and they don't see, they don't realize what they're doing or like they went radar up like a woman like taping them having sex because that's just a normal part of like their. yeah, just,
0: it's just, a, they're, it's a trashy, I mean, it's, it's the Beverly Hillbillies. I mean, yes. they're trashy people that happen to, you know, make a lot of money singing and there's a loser version of this too, um, where people sit around complaining about how they got fucked over and, how they, uh, you know, let's go to. Uh, well, there's only one thing we can do is buy 40 ounce and some scratchers. And, <laughs> you know, it's, and, and there's a rich guy version of it too. And there's all all in between.
2: I get, I, I just don't understand how people follow Mariah Carey. Like, she had, actually had or had, I guess had, doesn't anymore. Of course, she got too fat and couldn't breathe. Uh, she had a really great voice. But she came into the business. Uh, everyone knows the story about Tommy Mottola. And that's it, it's just happened to get a record deal from the guy she was having sex with and married as a young as a young bride went along did what she did but it's like her whole sort of makeup since then is really kind of gross and but it's like how do you follow, I, I, I always compare stuff to guys like adoring athletes because guys will adore athletes of horrible char- of horrible character but I don't know I see women like, like if you speak ill of Mariah Carey God knows if you say anything about Lady Gaga online uh, Beyonce you will get 10,000 women who are ready to fucking jump the cliff for these women like give their li- literally give their lives up to these ladies it's a weird sickness sort of uh i guess it's sort of like a religious cult aspect to it where people used to be like would kill for their religion and now they have more now they have more <laughs> a carrier lady well, gaga this,
0: yeah it's it's a female herd thing it's it's the same way that if you don't show a lot of interest in a woman she's more inclined to be attracted to you. Yeah. So these women must know that if they met Mariah Carey, she would treat them like shit. <laughs> yes, of course she would. <laughs> and, uh, and unless and they pay the, for the VIP tickets, then she'd have to be the handshake. She have to do the handshake. And they're into it too. And and not Lady Gaga, but Mariah Carey and Beyonce, both their shticks is that they're kind of like a
2: bitch. They're better than you. Yeah.
0: They're, they're arrogant and, um, yeah, they, they have like some Jesus complex. Um, and if you are attracted to that and you're like you, you really admire someone like that, that means you're just an asshole yeah. who hasn't made it yet. So I would say it's a red flag.
2: I think you can judge a person's like success general, gen, in a very generalized way their success rate for the future based on who they idolize. Yes. like I always remember like uh, 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 Alex Keaton in the show, in the show from the '80s with Michael J. Fox. And his idols were all like these corporate raiders and stuff like that. But at least you knew like that was a guy. That character was a guy who's going to grow up to be like you know a big executive, mm-hmm. versus someone who like idolizes Mariah Carey. You know, if uh, Mariah Carey is like your hero, you're not going. Pl- you're just not going places.
0: Or like Eminem, like a, tr- yes. a trailer dwelling, pill popping, sociopathic,
2: antisocial, ugly. Uh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like his music. You can like his music, but if he's like the guy you want to be like yeah and then even he in his, in his song stand makes fun of people who like the, that that himself that way right. like who would like a trailer trash broken dude like him he's actually mocking people who actually think he's worth being a hero to yeah it's sort of like Bar- the way barkley the barkley does the same thing right people look up idolize athletes he's like you guys i'm not a, i'm not a role model how can a fucking basketball player be a role model for you like he's sort of mocking the people who would have basketball players as role models. Yeah, it's just it's 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 so fucking wrong. I just think tra- once you're trashy, you're 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 fucking. It doesn't have to be white trash or ghetto trash or like that. Once you just sort of grow up with that sort of like bitch fighting, f- slapping, going on all the time, people taking pictures of each other having sex, uh, tit tit humiliation. Yeah, it's just the or,
0: culture. This will not be the last weird thing that happens regarding Mariah Carey
2: and. Now, um, I still think marrying Nick Cannon was the weirdest, was just the choice. Like, that was, you know, at, well after she, you know, she didn't need Nick Cannon at all. He needed her. And just the idea that someone would look at Nick Cannon and go, like, You're the guy I want to make babies with. <laughs> I want to make babies
1: with.
2: <laughs> Matt, let me ask you about butch lesbians. You've dated several. <laughs> Uh, Riley asked an email uh, butch lesbian is suing Chili's for suggesting she dress less butch casual her name is butch lesbian <laughs> yeah. I don't know her real name like Christian Mingle I'm calling her butch lesbian <laughs> uh, the best part is I, so if you read the stories about the story this is about a uh, a, a lesbian who's but, Let's call her Butch because she shaves her hair, head shaved, and she dresses like a man. She, she would call herself Butch. She seems proudly Butch. Yes, she's she's got the the tit restraint thing on. She's like dressing like a man. <laughs> she's like, you know. And I always, again, I told you before we went on the air. Like Gordon I, I, Ramsay. Yeah, I feel she looks like Gordon Ramsay. I feel bad for Butch lesbians who have big breasts hmm. because it's just a lot more work. It's just a lot more work.
0: Yeah, and don't they know a lot of biker. Harley guys have big tits themselves oh yeah that's great like, yeah you don't have to um what do you tape them down
2: well they want to make sure that they're even though people know they're a lesbian they want to make sure they're seen as a present themselves as a male and so I mean I imagine and, and she's slender but she has still has big breasts and I imagine that's just a lot more work cause you got to fucking wrap your tits up every day in some sort of restraints so that you're not jigg- you, you can't jiggle if you're a butch lesbian you can't jiggle right I guess not I mean that would look that would look female so you have to shave your head and then fucking tie, you know. I assume ace bandages around your breast or something every day, every morning. You <laughs> got to question why at that point.
0: <laughs> why can't you be a, a butch chick with a shaved head? And well, a if nice you sweat. were
2: gonna be a, if you were trying to pass, if you were trying to pass or you felt you were uh, you were a guy but you felt like a woman, you'd probably shave your arms and legs. You probably wouldn't go out there with hairy hairy appendages. Well, I don't think she's a trans. Sexual. I, I mean, if I no, but she's she's trying to mim- she's mimicking the superficial looks of a man. So she's dressing like a man. She's got her head shaved like a like a like an army ranger. And she clearly doesn't want to have like an ass or tits show, you know, ass or tits showing off. By no, the way, was, uh, have you she has a kid, by the way? Yes. A few. Have you seen Serena Williams lately? <laughs> I, 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 two in the morning, I'm watching the Australian Open as I want to do live because I can't stand tennis, but if you can't sleep at two in the morning, there's live sports on from Australia. And Serena Williams is fucking enormous. However big you thought she was before, she has added, uh, and it's not muscle, she's added 30 pounds of fat <laughs> in her legs and ass. So she is turning into like a, 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 a cliche, what I would call a cliche, cliche like heavyset black woman. Mm-hmm. Her ass is fucking enormous, <laughs> and you don't grow. There's no muscle in your ass. You don't grow muscle. In your, there's no like you don't work out. I mean, you can get make your muscle. You can make your ass tighter. You can't make your ass enormous by like doing weights. So it's fat, and their legs are fat now too. They're starting to show like signs of the cellulite and all stuff like that. She looks like uh, a cliche, like heavy set, like. Uh, she has all the muscle still. She still has all the muscle mass, but she's added like a ton of weight. So she's looking like an NFL lineman now. She's still moving around pretty well. Yeah, she still moves around great, but she, and she's still dominating, but she looks like, like almost an Indomitra Su or like, you know, a defensive lineman where they're really strong and really muscular, but they also have 40 extra pounds of weight on them. So like a belly and ass, like, which wouldn't
0: be that big of a deal, but she's, She's still wearing these sort of cartoonishly oh. f- effeminate. Um, I mean, the skirt. The- oh, this
2: time she's wearing So she's wearing a, in Australia. The French Open that makes them wear that. But she's wearing a onesie, like a singlet kind of thing. Mm. Like it's like a, a shorts, like bike shorts that go into a top. that's all one piece. But it's just I, I'm going to send you a picture of uh, this because I was like when I saw it, I literally and I'm always like, oh, Serena Williams is playing. I'm always expecting to see like the muscles and the enormous girl. I was like, I fucking screamed. It was just like so shocking to me how fat she's, like how just it, her ass is just enormous. And
0: every other, you know, competitive tennis player, female tennis player is a twig. Oh, and yeah. She's just this one outlier. So in the perspective, she's at the top of the screen, other woman on the bottom, and she's three times the size
2: of the other person. She's pers- got away twice as much as her. She's playing this Eugenie Bouchard or whatever. I don't, she's Canadian or French, Belgian or something. I can't remember. But she's like a normal lady, like 120 pounds, 110, 120 pounds, like a female athlete, and she's got Serena's got to be pushing well over 200. I mean, it was like it's just like her body. I mean, her ass. I was like, and she's in fucking bike shorts. She's in spandex bike green, lime green bike shorts, and her ass is just like it looks like Kardashian, like a Kardashian ass. It's just like I can't think of another competitive sport, a one-on-one sport where
0: one person could be so much larger than the other I mean it it would be like Brock Lesnar fighting uh, or Brock Lesnar Corey Feldman or or or
2: Brock Lesnar playing tennis it's just uh, you don't imagine like a tennis player having like a a defensive lineman's body (laughs) it's like it was hard to watch it was like amazing to watch how strong she is because she was moving really fast it was like fucking the combines and she's like she's like she's like an Alabama like Quentin Williams. She's like a like a two ninety Alabama defensive lineman doing the combine skills. Like and they're like amazingly fast for their size. It's just like it was it was like horrendous to watch. Her ass was eating fucking like it was black china she looked like a larger version of black china, like exaggerated ass.
0: Well it can it can be exciting. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of tennis, obviously, but this new guy on Duke Zion Williamson, the whole thing is he's just this really stra- huge man. Yeah, it's, the new Lebron, a, the new Lebron, or even Lebron. He's just yeah. this big guy. But in that sport, it's advantageous to be large and sure and, and and big. But in tennis, is it? I don't. I don't know that it's necessary to no. have giant delts. No, but and, also
2: I don't. I don't think she's put on since the the baby. I guess when she almost died seven times during childbirth. I don't think she's put on more muscle mass. I think she's put on a lot more fat. She's got mom, kind of fat mom body now, and it's all in her ass and her upper legs. And it's just it is, fucking, <laughs> I mean, I it was like it was like watching Kim Kardashian playing te- playing tennis. Like the big tits, the enormous fucking exaggerated ass, and huge legs. And yet she's still obviously stronger than everybody else on the court. It's just it's becoming like a cartoonish. It's just becoming like a cartoon of like. How the fuck is she like running back and forth? And just like, how are these other women? These other forget the racial aspect of it. How are these other women who are half her size going? Like, oh, I can beat her. Like, like (laughs) it's like (laughs) if she was huge, like, and she couldn't move. You think about like a flyweight taking on a heavyweight, and the flyweight would dance around him, and the heavyweight probably couldn't hit him. But in tennis, it's not. There's no physical contact, so you're just trying to hit the ball as hard as you can. That's why I think that her
0: physique, her new enormous, you know. Size and girth is, and, and agility, is wasted on something as lame as tennis. I mean, she can still play tennis, but she should be getting into MMA, <laughs> uh, softball.
2: But she's, she she uh, probably weighs like sixty hockey. pounds more than Ronda Rousey. I mean, she would have to. There's no one who would take her on. I don't can't think of a female athlete who, outside of like what was name Steve Adams' sister who did the shot put. She's getting to be that size. She's going to be shot put. She's going to be shot put. Lady size. Olympic shot put. Lady size it's just, uh, Oh man. Oh, back to the butch. So you're
0: saying we should stop pretending she's the most attractive woman in the world.
2: Well, so McEnroe, one of the McEnroe brothers, the cameras and someone else are doing the, the uh, Chris Everett or someone doing the, the the announcing for the the match. And they're just, they just don't even make mention of it. Like, how could you not make men? they're like, Oh, she had nice back in there. Like from her enormous fucking, (laughs) like, have you ever seen a large woman move this? The first thing I would say as a commentator is like, have you ever seen a 200 pound woman move this fast? Yeah. Like, that's the first thing that would come to my mind. Like, she is like... Nothing weird about saying that. You say that about a football player. Yes. Or a basketball player. Yes. I would say, isn't it amazing that with that fucking enormous ass, she could still run the court faster than the girl's half her size? <laughs> that's the first <laughs> You'd thing. You'd be fired. Me. Yes, I would. So back to Bunch Lesbian. Uh, so she works at Chili's. This is in Phoenix, uh, which is a great, great redneck town. Like, the largest redneck town <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Like, a million rednecks. Just a million rednecks. Uh, she works at Chili's. She's a waitress, a bunch of lesbian waitresses. Chili's, ma- the Chili's team. Chili's is one of those like, uh, they, I forgot they call it Chiliizers. They call their staff some names <laughs> like Chili Saucers or something <laughs> like that. Chili you know, Dogs. Yeah, you know it's a horrible, horrible environment when uh, they have nicknames for their staff that plays off their brand name.
0: Uh, that's just <laughs> after every shift, you're just going home and drinking. Like I can't believe I'm subjecting myself to. Do you know this. what?
2: Do you know what Hulu calls their employees? Hulu, Hulu, no. Hooligans Oh <laughs> Yes like, <laughs> uh, Hooligans are bad right uh, Yeah I thought hooligans were bad But it, it just To play off their independence And fresh spirit Looking at the world Through different lenses Or some shit like that And they're all like Hooligans Meaning hooligans In the meeting Like I would just quit that would <laughs> Quit that company right away Yeah But uh, I think they call them ch- and, and then the corporate guys Who are like 60 year old guys Have to use the nickname When they're referring to people Like we value all our Chili saucers <laughs> Or whatever like,
0: Can you still work there And just say look I, I get what you're trying to do. I'm not participating. I don't want to lose my job, but like I'm out on this. Yeah. Or is that the whole point is to make you do it?
2: I think it's a cult. I think it's like a cult franchise cult type thing. Okay. I'm always recalling Jennifer Aniston in Office Space and so the guy's telling her more, we're more, more, more flair. Yeah. And she's like, I have the 15 pieces. He goes, Well, that's the minimum. That's the minimum. Uh, and she finally quits. So this woman, Butch Lesbian, is a waitress for three years, Chili taps her to, to be in the, to interview for the man, assistant manager's program, the night manager or swing shift manager program, where they take their wait staff, that's re, obviously the dedicated wait staff, and they're gonna turn them into the manager, because they always try to hire within, which I completely respect, because there aren't many companies left in this world, in this country where you can actually work your way up the chain of the company. And this is like, you know, if you work at, you know, you know from being uh, waiting, most chance, people, there are very transient waiters. But this actually might take a, a, a young woman or young person made him be a bus boy, then a waiter, then a manager, then a a assistant, whatever manager, then a general manager. And eventually they're making a nice income and they have a good job. Uh, And I actually kind of like admire those apprenticeship type companies and they have God knows how many outlets. So you're likely never to be likely never be fired. And you can actually have a nice, there aren't many like working class, middle class, like jobs anymore. You can have like forever. Yeah, this there seems are a like lot
0: me. of chilies. Is it like the Catholic Church where you can like rape someone in a Chili's <laughs> and they'll just move you over to the Scottsdale location? Not,
2: I don't know if that's in their mission statement. I'll have to, have to take a look if that's in their sliders right four sliders for $8 deal. Uh so she she gets tapped for this program. She goes to the interview, which I assume was with like the corporate guys, not like her people out there, her local chilies And she's dressed like a dude because she dresses like a dude and they, all, they come away. She claims, so she, she immediately hired. She doesn't get the, job, the managerial job. She isn't fired, but she doesn't get the managerial gig. And she claims that the people who interviewed her told her that she was dressed in gender inappropriately, meaning she was dressed like a dude. And her whole point was like, yes, I dressed exactly like the men get to dress for these interviews. She wore a button-down shirt and slacks and claims that that's how guys get to dress and that's how I'm comfortable dressing. So therefore, my, just because I'm a woman, I should not be judged As being dressed inappropriately for dressing like the men are able to dress I agree with her on that do you really yeah okay so uh, uh, she immediately she isn't fired she just doesn't get the managerial job she immediately quits because she said she can no longer work at Chili's because of the humiliation she suffered and she hires the ACLU (laughs) to sue to sue brings up the ACLU to sue Chili's for gender for gender discrimination Uh, well here's the point Chili's by the way says they didn't tell her that she wasn't dressed inappropriately for her gender they said she was dressed too casually. I sent you the picture. You can see she's wearing a short sleeve.
0: There's zero chance that Chili's has not covered their bases on this already. When they have their guidelines and oh, their of course. A, dre- you know, how to dress book, I guarantee you it does not say a woman can't wear pants and a no. shirt. No, There's I, no way that that's accurate. No,
2: and I assume this is how she dressed when she was a wait- waitress. This is how she dresses every day of her life. I assume there's like a Chili's have to wear the dress goes like black pants and like blue shirt or whatever hell it is. The Chili shirt. But I assume she wore the male version of the Chili's outfit. It may be, it may actually be, they both have black slacks and blue collared shirt or whatever it is. But, but here's my, here's the bigger point. Here's what Riley wants to know in the email. Uh, Let's say they did tell her she couldn't dress like that and that she was, you know, sort of off putting to people because she's a woman uh, and uh, she clearly is, clearly is a woman, despite the fact she has her head shaved and she dresses like a man, and they want her to dress in a different way than dressing like a, a dude. Shouldn't a business have a right to say, I mean, I, are we taking away the right of a business to tell their employees how they can or can't dress? Obviously, it has to be the same for everybody in some general description, but like, so my kids go to school, and they uh, one goes to Catholic school, and they have an event, they'll say like, girls should wear this, boys should wear this to the event, right? It's mm-hmm. like a mass. Boys need to wear collar shirts and slacks girls can wear they allowed them to wear slacks nowadays in two thousand and nineteen, but they have to wear something else and they would not let a girl dressed in boys' clothing go to the service Is that like now not legal for if you run a business to tell your wage staff and manager staff especially in a in a service business how you want them to the dress uh, um i just I
0: don't think it happens. I think there's a certain standard of of appearance i mean I've worked in restaurants, and the manager was. Uh, not a butch woman, but not especially – she's a hot, you know, an attractive, normal woman, and she had big tits, and she would wear a a tucked-in shirt and slacks, essentially the same um, clothes that I would wear except tighter. And uh, no one said, you know, you have to wear a a bra. No, of course not. Of
2: course not. You want to say not.
0: It's not like – OK, so men have to men have to wear this and and women should wear this. And if a woman doesn't want to dress like the woman, that doesn't mean she can come in in a fucking clown outfit. I mean, well, I, I just don't think I think there should be standards of presentation, which I'm sure there are. You know, you have to have it ironed. It has to be clean and and buttoned to a certain level and all that. I guarantee if she was just doing what the men were doing, I don't think that's she, has butt, she has
2: to, butt her shirt all the way to the top, like a like a lesbian. That's, just, <laughs> that's mandatory. I don't know. I mean, the, let's say it's the, let's say it's the most, let's say it's exactly as she says. Let's say that everything she's saying is true and Chili's is not telling the truth and that they want women, female employees to dress differently than their male employees. Not anything showy or exaggerated or sexualized, but just to not dress exactly like male, the men dress. Yeah. So so let's say you ran an office and you had like an ad agency and you're doing presentations with clients and you didn't want your female employees dressing in men's suits with ties and looking exactly like the men. Shouldn't you be allowed to do that?
0: I don't think so. Really? In this day and age. Well, no, I mean,
2: you're saying what's based on the law, but realistically... Isn't that telling the business a little too much about like what they can, how they can and can't tell? set a dress code for people?
0: Uh, I mean, I get what you're saying in that there should be a line there somewhere. I just I think this should fall within acceptable. I mean, restaurants, and I'm sure we'll see this, but they, they've gotten a lot of pass on this. And I, I don't know what the precedent is. I, I guess it's because they have a brand. But obviously, some trans person has applied to Chili's, right? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, to uh, Hooters and and uh, and i know obese women have and and dudes too and dudes and they you know they say well we're not hiring right now and then if uh smoking hot shit comes in five minutes after it turns out uh they are hiring but <laughs> <laughs> of course of course but you know we're not, we're not going to see anytime soon a fat hairy guy uh as a, as a hooters waitress wearing the short shorts in the in the tank top are we
2: I really hope not. I mean, the point is that they they hired this woman knowing she's a lesbian. Obviously, she's out, out lesbian and butch, and they had her wait and they invited her to be in the managerial program. So it's not like they're discriminating against her. They're giving her opportunities. I think their the thing is a super fi- is a is a really superficial issue. Uh, they're not against, they're not saying we're against lesbians. We're against butch lesbians. We're just like we want you to dress to appear a certain way. And it turns out that. This job, she the managerial program. They also do the bartending. The swing shift manager does bartending often, mm-hmm. and she's saying they they want to hire me because they felt I would be off, I would be off putting to you know the guys who go to the bar there. But, but she was like,
0: waiting tables, wearing the same type of clothing. yeah. But I
2: think the bars. I think I think when they as she as she moved up the chain, then maybe they cared, maybe they didn't care, but they just said this to her. Uh, they they said it by the way. They said she dressed too casually. They didn't say she dressed too butch. They said she dressed too casually was her comment she was the one who inserted the part about how they said it was gender gender inappropriate but if i'm running a bar don't i want the hot chick in the in the in the tank top behind the bar to make myself a lot more money
0: of course and if you were running a bar and it was your bar that's exactly what you would do but you're working for this giant corporation and you your only job is to tote the line and, and cover your ass so in that case, she'd probably just have to bite the bullet.
2: Um, well, they I mean, they hired her, and they—and she worked there for three years and by all accounts had a great experience, and they invited her to be one, as one of their top-wage staff to be in the managerial program. So, again, it wasn't like they're discriminating against her. They're just saying, at this point, if you're going to be the real face of this restaurant, we want you to look a little less butch. I,
0: I just... I wouldn't think that would be a good idea. I, I, I don't know
2: if you're saying... it's is is that wrong? Um, well, I would say. I, sh- do you think a business should be allowed to say that to? I forget the existing laws. Do you think a bu- a, a restaurant or sh- bar should be allowed to say that to their employees?
0: No, and I don't think a bar should be able to not allow service to black people, for example. I mean, yeah, no,
2: that's uh, that's different than a dress code. It's a little different than the, re- the race. I don't think the. I know you have problem a problem with dress codes because you've not been allowed to wear shorts to your, to your favorite bars.
0: I would bet that. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's true. So, Matt, the best part of the story is this woman who works at Chili's as a waitress uh, is uh, claims in her, in her publicity thing put up by the ACLU that she was just about to buy a house with her, for herself and her nine-year-old, which I guess it's because I'm in, we're in L.A. and I'm kind of warped about the whole thing. Maybe in Phoenix, the real estate prices are differently. But can you imagine like a, a, a waitress of three years saying she's about to buy a house, in Los, about to close on a house in Los Angeles? That's the American dream, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they pay. I don't know how how big the tippers are at Chili's on the uh on the poo poo platters. <laughs> but uh, you can't. I mean, you'd have to own a Chili's in L.A. before you could probably buy a house or at least a couple chi- couple Chili's restaurants.
0: Well, no matter what town you're in, you probably couldn't be a full time waitress at Chili's and live with a kid and save up enough for a down payment on a house.
2: I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. If I you
0: started with zero.
2: I remember doing jobs like that, and I don't remember ever. I remember trying barely to make rent. I don't ever remember having like I'm setting aside a down down, pay, down payment on a house. It just seemed like a foreign concept. Uh, but maybe maybe she got great. tips. Maybe people love the the tips up the tip the, uh, the story as reported. Uh, if you read like the the major Phoenix paper like that, and like woman denied whatever uh, or civil rights so and so, and then this uh, Arizona family. Paper, whatever it's called, the conservative paper puts out lesbian su <laughs> lesbian <sues> chilies <laughs> over discontent, discontent, lesbian Sue's chilies. There's <laughs> a, a great a great mix of headlines based on uh, partisan politics of the actual newspaper.
1: <laughs>
2: Matt, let me ask th- uh, you about the NFL. Uh, you don't watch football uh, in particular because uh, you're uh, too beta. But uh, (laughs) football, by the way, I think will be gone. I think in fifty years football will be gone. I just don't think they're going to get either. They won't get people to play anymore because it's just too dangerous, or like this corporate America will be hounded to the corner of like having you know having the minorities, especially just being brain damaged, and they'll have to stop the sport. I was talking to a football ex football
0: player yesterday, actually, and he was he played professionally for 10 years and he said he had six concussions i'm quite sure it was more than that yeah um and he could understand everything i was saying he was sharp mentally but he he couldn't barely talk or remember anything and it was sad i mean he this is probably a 56 year old guy and it was this is clearly a result of of football it was it was really sad i mean he couldn't it, it took him three times as long to formulate a sentence as it should have
2: yeah, I think, and actually the interesting part about the CTE stuff and the concussions uh, is that I saw Richard Sherman give a little speech about this, is that what's happening now is a play, because they've got the targeting and anything to the head, they're trying to, they're overreacting, I guess reacting responsibly, but somewhat overreacting to the head injuries, is that now guys are taking out other guys' legs. That's <laughs> the only way to tackle people because you've got to make sure you don't get anywhere near the head. Mm-hmm. And he said there's just a dramatic, he was pointing at a dramatic rise in, in, knee, in, in knee and ankle injuries. And yeah, and so he's saying like in guys don't the cornerbacks like the defensive backs always wanted to go for the upper body because as brutal as it might look, it actually didn't take guys out of the game. Uh, I mean, maybe when they're 56, they, they couldn't they couldn't read or write anymore, but they weren't like, you know, they weren't missing the whole season because they got, you know, a, a hit in the head. So now they're taking out legs and knees and now you're having all these pl- all these players going out with like ACLs, torn ligaments and damaged, fucked up knees and their careers are ending or they're, or they're not playing for whole seasons because the defenders now have to tackle them and they still have to tackle them violently to get them down uh, below the waist. So it's, it's sort of a catch right here, which is why there may never be a resolution to football that's actually not killing. Slowly, slowly yeah, killing I mean, people. we can,
0: you know, switch everything around and change different rules and everything. But th- the point of the game is to s- tackle the other guy and, and smash into the other guy and gain. T- I mean, it's. By nature it's a sport where there's one there's two sides and they are colliding with each other. So
2: in, you're never going to stop that. At, high sp- at, high speed, at high
0: speeds. Yeah, it's the point of the game. Yeah,
2: it's like Demolition Derby, which I love. I don't know why ESPN doesn't show that anymore. So, so we need be- more of those. It's so much better than watching Serena Williams with her fat ass rubber. Those are great. I want <laughs> to see is. those back on TV. Uh, ESPN in the early days when they had motorcycles on ice, that was my favorite sport to watch. I don't remember that. The motorcycle, <laughs> when they put these spike tires on on the motorcycles and they race around an ice track. Sounds awesome. It was just, a, they do in the uh, winter X Games, I think they have snowmobiles snowmobile racing Mm -hmm. its kind of the same but motorcycles with spiked tires on ice that was amazing i love that shit Uh, so common the rapper says he's he's uh he was interviewed he says against the nfl uh they're asking always in relationship to kaepernick everything has to be kaepernick uh, because they don't support black people uh is there and i did i did a little i did a little research one minute of research and found that uh the nfl is uh, the largest employer by salary of, of black Americans private company in the, in the country. It's like wow. three and a half billion dollars. Now it only goes to a few people. It only goes to a few people. It's not like they're a massive employer of, of, of black persons in the country, but the uh, black employees they have make millions make many millions of dollars and they that have enough
0: to a reason. Yes.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not really helping the black population in general. Uh, as an employer, but it is actually, they are the largest like $3.5 billion or so in, sal- in salary per year. Second is Def Jam. <laughs> Second is just, I think it's just Jay-Z himself. It's just <laughs> Jay-Z himself. But it's not like Microsoft is doing that. It's not like anybody else is doing that. Uh, and it also seems to me, just as a, as a white guy viewing from the outside, that, that generally, it, it, I always remember like, um, uh, was it Jack, Jack Kemp? He was a politician. Right? He played for the, he was a quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Or the chargers someone back in the day he was like a vice president for somebody i can't remember he was a republican guy but he played football in the 60s and he always talked about how like the one place where there was no racial tension like in, in the country was in the NFL locker room like that's the only place that he like he toured around whenever the only place where he where he sensed or at least sensed the least amount of racism was on the was on the football field or with the, with the guys in the locker room that it was the most you know people didn't care about race because they just were they were a team. They were playing for you know, and they wanted to win and everything else. So there might have been a few guys with hangups, but basically there was no racism in the locker room. Uh, and that always struck me because that seemed to make sense to me. Uh, but I've never seen like a gross amount of racism. Uh, this is a white guy in the NFL compared to say any other company in the country uh, where they're like blatantly. There's always been about like the, the head coaching jobs. Or back in the day when you know they had they were, didn't let black guys become quarterbacks, although that was not the NFL, by the way. That was like every organization before they got to the NFL was right. clearly discriminating against black kids from being quarterback all the way back to schoolyard days through Pop Warner, through high school, through college football. I wrote an article about that, and nearly everyone called me an idiot and <laughs> said, I was, <laughs> really? said I was
0: wrong, although it's inarguable that that's the case.
2: It was, it was the case, but it wasn't like there were great black – College quarterbacks and they just weren't letting him play in the NFL. There were no black college quarterbacks, so the NFL was had all white quarterbacks because there was there was no option then. Now there are many more black quarterbacks in college, excelling. You see a lot more black quarterbacks in the NFL. It's ironic though
0: because while there are a lot of you know upstanding black men playing in the NFL, it it also while it might be the highest paid, has like the highest thug hood rat (laughs) percentage of any sport or organization outside of Def Jam that I can think of.
2: Well, yeah, and, and also from my, well. from, my pers- from my perspective there, they have been, if anything, it's clearly a white ownership group and clearly run by white guys. They seem to have covered up most for many years and still now, most of the sort of uh, uh, deviant criminal and otherwise behavior of their players. It's not like they're looking to hang the black man out to, try, out to dry in the NFL. They are—they just want to win and make money, right? This is a really meritocracy-type situation.
0: It depends on how much you zoom in or zoom out. I—I I think. I mean, on the one hand, yes. Like once you're in the locker room, I'm sure there's very little racism, if—if if any. Um, but on the other, well, also hand, it's, it's, it's,
2: the locker rooms are now 75% black. Yeah. So,
0: but I, but you know, you don't the, be the white—you
2: don't be the white racist guy in that locker room.
0: No, I'm sure it happens occasionally. Probably. But, you know, the owners are mainly you know there's a lot of trump supporters and and those guys are probably not the most progressive guys and then they're also to some degree <coughs> exploiting this poor black uh crop of of people that um you know the the dude in silicon valley is maybe not wanting his kid to be a defensive end um so there's there's that and and
2: but that's all but what you say that's a happenstance of the fact that they are the best athletes I mean, these, these thugs from Florida and Alabama and so forth are the best athletes. They're not picking them because they're black and they want to exploit them. If they were Hispanic, if, let's like, say, Hispanics or, or even white rednecks were the best defensive linemen, were two, two, 300 pounds and could run a four, 6 40 and, and jump 36 inches vertical leap, they would probably be the ones in the NFL they were exploiting.
0: Yeah, but it is kind of a systematic thing. I mean, we're... we're it looks be- bad. It looks
2: bad, for sure. Being
0: entertained by... I mean, yes. I mean there's no there's no actual... Societal need for football. Like, no, we don't.
2: But there's no need for for uh, you know uh, rap music, and there's billions of dollars being made there, largely. So the, it's a dominant me- it's a dominant music uh, music genre now. So, yeah,
0: but I, I don't know why it is. I mean, I, it, it's I, I, probably I, a history of of the way this country is built that we gravitate towards football, which is basically simulated war. That that was engineered and invented like to get people to, to to recruit dudes to be more into war because uh the powers of be thought they were becoming soft um and so there is like a whole history behind football especially in no other sport i can think of about like the uh you know the, the
2: semiotics of it but they weren't exploiting black people because they didn't allow black people to play <laughs> they didn't allow black people to play exactly so at some point they're exploiting all white people I think it's a natural business owner exploitation of their employees that exists in any company, in any business. I just, I don't know that, like, common saying the NFL is, 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 doesn't support black people. He's talking about, I think, obviously he's talking about Colin Kaepernick. And he's talking about the kneeling and the Black Lives Matter thing, which is certainly something to debate. But the fact that they are, you know, that the NFL is itself doesn't support black people Seems to me on its face just sort of a ridiculous statement to make, given that it's a largely black and enter- it's a largely black enterprise. And not just that, but black guys making a shit ton of money. So, well, it
0: also knows that the most of its viewership, because most of the country is white and, uh, you know, it has these egregious displays of patriotism. The NFL's never come out and said uh, we believe in civil rights and part no. of that is the right to kneel during the anthem. No, I'm but, sure they had, I had one. Mean, they're constantly gearing this towards a sort of
2: rednecky base. Do you know any do you know any black dudes who don't watch the NFL because they think it's, it's racist? I mean, I just I don't know that there's ever been there's always the issue around the, when they hire the coaches and there's not enough black coaches in the league and there's just not enough. And this I think this goes into there may be some racism involved in that, but I don't ever see the NFL pre kaepernick i don't remember the NFL ever being targeted as being a racist organization that no, no doubt jerry jones is of the world or don't have a lot of black don't have a lot of black friends but in terms of like comparing it to like aerospace or any other industry uh by the way I was reading a story about portland uh, the guys in aerospace in portland up until like the 90 mid 90s were finding like nooses like around the workplace Oh, yeah yeah so i mean there is racism in every, there is racism in every organization in this country, uh, especially uh, white dominated. I just think the NFL probably is on the lower end of that scale. And so I think it's, this all revolves around Colin Kaepernick and this sort of idolization of Colin Kaepernick as a civil rights leader. Who's been like treated, you know, like been martyred, like a Christ-like figure, been martyred by the NFL because he's, he's clearly being blackballed by the NFL. Um, it, they've taken that to mean that he's now this adopted, like sort of uh, martyr, this Christ-like figure that the NFL is is taking on because he's black. So if you if you th-
0: agree that the NFL is blackballed Kaepernick, which they probably have, I don't really blame him. But uh, <clears throat> so you look at that, and then you look at so the NFL. I don't think is supporting black people or or not. I I think they're taking what's given to them. But the NFL is basically the owners. So if the owners had their way, you know, the players would be making no money and and be exploited and they wouldn't have pension or or health coverage. And if you broke your leg, you'd be taken in the back and shot. So then you have the players union, which is, you know, what a union does, this sticks up for the players and they're allowed to organize. Um, But if I was a black guy who was sort of socially conscious, such as Richard Sherman, I might say, well, there is a problem here. You know Robert Kraft owns a team. He's an avowed Trump supporter. Trump traffics in racism. It's right there, <laughs> the NFL is—is it—is it racist? No, but it's not supporting black people. But yeah, you
2: look at the board. I don't know if you look at the board of Gillette or Procter and it's—I'm sure they have whatever it is—or the Papa John's Pizza or whatever else they have. Trump supporting owners or the Walmart or whatever else it is. But you don't really. I mean, people don't think of that organization. I mean, I know there's some people that protest them, don't think of the organization as racist because they also have 140,000 employees. and They sort of look at that level of: are the stores discriminating against people? Are the managers discriminating against people? The ownership group, I assume, of most of corporate America, there's a heavy amount of heavy amount of you know white, uh, uh, not progressive, not progressive people. But on the gr- on the ground, sort of on a daily basis, yeah, the world may be run by. Uh, white non progressive conservatives. Yeah. But on the ground, on a daily basis, I don't know that black guys go to work at the NFL and feel they're going to face some sort of racism or oppression or harassment or things like that. No, I not, not. At all. I just think on a macro level, there For sure. are a lot of sort of but How did Colin colloca- So the story came out this week. So tra- people were trying to boycott playing. So now they're boycotting the NFL Super Bowl halftime show. So they, they try to actually get black performers. And they all then said they weren't. A lot of them said they weren't going to do it because of Colin Kaepernick and (laughs) the civil rights thing. So Travis Scott, the rapper, is going to perform along with Maroon Five. Can't wait to see that. Uh, (laughs) But apparently, Travis Scott had to go see Colin Kaepernick to get his sort of uh, anointment, like uh, his his, like going to see the Pope to get his permission that it was cool for him to do it, even though he's a black guy who's going to play for the NFL. How the fuck did Colin Kaepernick become like the, the gatekeeper? Uh, of what is appropriate for, for black artists or black anybody in relation to the NFL?
0: Well, he went on record. He started a movement. He took a stand, coincidentally, right around the time his career was <laughs> over. Yes.
2: And got himself a fat Nike contract. And um, banked a lot of models. Grew an afro overnight. Yes. Still
0: unsure if those are transplants or what happened. You still
2: always got to remind, remind yourself that he grew up in a dairy farm in Wisconsin. <laughs> Yeah. And that. adopted adopted white parents. Not, not to hold that against them, but he did grow up in just about the widest possible environment available in this country.
0: I have no idea how he's become this symbol. I'm trying to think of like positive, cool, black people to be looked up to I, well it used to
2: be so it used to be jim brown jim brown for many years mm-hmm. was the guy the ex- well, he's still alive he's still alive yeah but he's I, I actually saw him in the airport like a year ago he's, he's hanging he's yeah, barely, I saw
0: him in louisville a few years ago
2: not hanging. he's 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 an older guy now I didn't, by the way the legs are all fucked up but he was like always the after his career he was like sort of the muhammad ali of the nfl he was like the black you know civil rights leader that had legitimate had a legit very legitimate nfl career and and uh, now it's calling now it's Colin Kaepernick who is and a legitimate political
0: yes. career sort of as Mar- he, he marched was he marched
2: yeah he marched with Dr King I mean he w- marched in the civil rights movements he put himself out there he wasn't didn't put himself out there to the extent that Ali did he didn't go to prison but I mean he was
0: he didn't go so far as to kneel during the anthem <laughs> no or, and then make a commercial that uh, he got paid for I guess
2: because I'm a forty nine er fan I just remember Colin Kaepernick just being a good then progressively less good quarterback, and that's just always how I thought of him as like just another one of those quarterbacks in the NFL, and not as a black civil rights civil rights leader. That to me it's kind of buffoonish that he is now this uh, uh, the, the guy you have to pass through the gate to get acceptance to do anything with the if you're black to do anything with the NFL. May, who knows? Maybe maybe uh, Adam Levine had to go to him too before Maroon five si- signed on, but he doesn't he doesn't have. It's the old days of like Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton where you had to go get their approval before you did something. But at least those guys, as corrupt as they may be, had some sort of long history of civil rights uh, preaching. Kaepernick, as far as I know, before he did the kneeling, had none. And that was only three years ago. And since then, he's been just having lots of sex with lots of, lots of models and doing Nike ads. Not saying he yeah. doesn't ha- Not saying his heart's not in the right place. But how did he get to be the gatekeeper? Well, just,
0: I don't know that he has like a sort of mission statement or, or playbook for, for this either. I no. mean, I don't know what he's really gone on record about. We all know that um, racism is bad and that black people shouldn't be getting shot. Although most NFL fans don't really agree with that.
2: I don't know. Um, some some, some. Yeah, sizable. Sizable
0: Philly. enough that the NFL is siding with them.
2: Philly fans. Um NFL, honestly, honestly, I mean, I think, honestly, the NFL just wants to make money and doesn't want controversy. I don't know that. I mean, there's always you can look at it either way, that they're that they don't care about black people or that they're inherently racist. At the end of the day, I think every decision these guys make is to make more money. So which is why, by the way, the NFL is now 70 percent or 70 plus percent black, because even if they're racist, they still want the best product in the field to make the most amount of money. So they're going to hire all black guys. So which
0: again makes it kind of racist though from but that's like a that's a, a macro, catch that's a catch twenty two though have you never met a racist dude like a straight up racist dude who says racist shit and he loves Michael Vick yeah. He just loved, like he he couldn't wait to. If Michael Vick was in the room, he would suck his cock. But he doesn't like black people. And
2: Michael Vick knows that this guy is a racist. But this Michael Vick also knows this guy is offering him a hundred twenty million dollar contract. Yeah. So Michael Vick doesn't give a shit because at the end of the day, if you're black in America, you're going to suffer racism no matter what. So why not get a, why not get hundred twenty million dollars in the process and have yourself a great life? I agree. I'm just so if there is going
0: to be a new ambassador for. Uh, uh, the godfather of all blacks um which probably is a bad idea but it's it's not kaepernick i could see o- no. obama i could see self-made people like lebron james yeah lebron james Jay-Z. i think is a
2: good lebron james is a good example because a he, he, he well he didn't come from much that, that's the story of everybody in the nfl but also or the sports but he dominated his sport he is has a long-standing commitment to his civil rights you know, not that he's quit NBA to go marching or stuff like that, but he's had a consistent dogma throughout his entire career. He's always been outspoken. Hires
0: he, black people. Hires
2: black people, says shit that's unpopular and doesn't give a shit. And by the way, he's, a, if not the best, one of the best basketball players ever, and everybody has to respect that. He would be the guy, right? right. That equivalent in the NFL would be the guy. <laughs> Matt, for our final statement today, I cannot end this show without talking about why you don't like dogs. <laughs> you've come out uh, with hate. Uh, MattRawson.net, you've come out with hate against many things uh, that most people don't really quite understand. Doctors, for instance. Uh, Halloween, Creeps. Halloween. Halloween costumes. <laughs> uh, uh, women who hike. Uh, and most other things that people find either innocuous or sort of cute and adorable. <laughs> uh, but you've really peaked this time with uh, your latest column about how uh, dogs are not people, I think it's dogs are not people, and you really think dogs are just sort of like retarded people (laughs) that receive way too too much affection for what they actually offer back.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think they're being, they're entrenching on the sort of human category. Like a lot of people treat their dogs as people. Like we had dogs growing up, they would come in the house sometimes if it was cold, but they would not be allowed on the bed. Wow. And they're because they're filthy. Yes. They're disgusting filthy animals. Um but people act like so that you have the phrase dog mom. A lot of lot a uncommon amount of women are now calling themselves dog moms. I've never
2: heard that before. I heard cat mom, I never heard dog mom. Yeah,
0: dog mom is really, really? trending right now. Don't you you don't
2: date girls who have dogs? Oh uh, real dogs, I mean, not like shitty little purse dogs, but like actual big dogs.
0: No, I'd prefer they didn't. Really? But it's not a deal breaker, obviously um no because they always the dogs always around dog i mean just the amount of microbes that dogs are scattering around a given uh dwelling is is staggering but you really think
2: it's worse than the guys you ever watch football on sunday
0: yeah but it's a different biome so um you know it could really affect a lot of things but i don't again i don't care about that the hair is disgusting they often shit and piss in the house. I'm assuming your dogs do that from time to time. No,
2: never once. <laughs> They're very nice dogs. I'm a dog. Per- I'm a dog. I I understand the thesis of your point, which is that some people get way too carried away with their relationship with their their pets in general. The
0: point is, is if you're considering a dog a member of your family, yes, and a sort of a a person, you know, that is the weirdest, grossest, creepiest person of all time. Because if your friend, if that's your buddy. I agree. Like, yeah, you, I my agree. buddy Dude. Jason. Yes. Uh, yeah. He he licks his balls in his asshole while we're watching the game.
2: I but thought about that. You're saying if you couldn't do that, you would t- you wouldn't do that. Um. No. But it wouldn't be probably socially It feel, probably, probably feels good.
0: Well, now the well, dog- yeah, I could sit here jerking off if I
2: dogs are not well. You could be like Louis Louis C.K. Dogs <laughs> are not socialized like humans are, so they don't understand that they can't shouldn't lick their nuts in front of other people. But I know a lot of guys who would lick their nuts if, <laughs> in private if they could. Yeah, but there is. I, they're, I they're, do, not do, they're not doing. They're not doing. The dogs are not doing it to be gross. They're just cleaning themselves.
0: Yeah, but I value. Yeah, they don't understand. They're not getting off. But on that's it. why I'm not hanging out with a pack of fucking tiger sharks in my swimming pool. You know, because people have even the worst of all people have like some decorum. They wear clothes. They they don't try and eat your food when you look away most of the time. So dogs
2: are not don't have the intelligence level of even a basic, even an idiot human being, which is true. They have like the, the intelligence of like a 14-month-old child or whatever it is, some level of something. They, they're not, they actually, domesticated dogs couldn't take care of themselves in the wild, but if wild dogs obviously can take care of themselves in the wild, but they don't have the intelligence level of, of even a moronic human being. Yet, Matt, let me point out, as a dog person, <laughs> that uh, they offer other things to people, which is one, they don't talk. Which is a great benefit. They bark. yeah. If
0: you started hooting and hollering when the mailman just came up recently, <laughs> yes. I, would, I wouldn't. But they only bark like
2: ten minutes a day. So the one of one of the things people like about dogs is they they don't certainly they don't talk back, but they don't talk. And a lot of guys, I don't know why women like dogs so much, but a lot of guys really like a companion that doesn't doesn't speak. <laughs> I mean, I think in a, in a secretive poll, if men were asked if they would like their girlfriends or wives just never to speak again, they, they would probably, a lot of them would choose the complete mute, the option of mute, of the complete mute. Right. So a lot of men are very solitary creatures, and they may want one other person in their life or one other thing to relate to, but they don't want to talk yapping all the time or talking all the time. So a dog offers that. A dog offers opportunities for uh, exercise and outdoor activity. You get a
0: sex doll if that's your criteria. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: unlike, American, unlike a lot of young American males, dogs prefer to be outside than they do. <laughs> they do inside. They actually like to run around outside. Yeah, they like. They to don't play inside. video ga- They don't play video games and hang out watching t- watching TV. Uh, and they're also very. Uh, affect- they're also very affection, openly affection, undying affection. You could beat your dog, and your dog would still love you.
0: But part of that is that you give it food.
2: Yeah, but it's also a, a, they have a, a childlike, because a childlike intelligence, attachment to their parent figure. So like a, chi- like a child, who, like an a abused child who still loves their parents, you could, in a sense, if you wish to be a horrible person and still would have this one dog. While the rest of the world thought you were a fucking huge asshole and hated you, you would still have this one dog who would fucking lick your hand and think you're the best thing, the best thing ever.
0: Right, which is why a dog, dog's affection means nothing to me. <laughs> because it would love a, f- a fucking serial killer, <laughs> probably. <clears throat> and also, if you need that kind of reassurance, it's like, so you've you've alienated all of humanity, and the only person that can tolerate you is this dog. Yes.
2: So yes, you need some. I think you need everyone needs some. You don't want to become like the Unabomber. Everyone needs somebody, something mm-hmm. in their life to have a some sort of emotional attachment to. I don't. I, I don't understand why women. Someone, I understand why women like cats. I don't understand why women like dogs so much, and I think women do use animals to displace men in their lives. Well, they need to care for something. They need to so. care for something, and they need something to love, and they need someone to, to love them back, and some emotional attachment. And it's a lot safer to have a pet than it is to have a boyfriend. <laughs> have a boyfriend. Yeah. So I can. I, I think that is unhealthy for guy. Dog being a man's best friend. I can see why men, as more lone wolves, would want as loners would want a companion that doesn't talk. And does exactly what they says, and is very low is very low ma- very low maintenance. Yeah, uh, not you know they shouldn't have sex with the dog, but uh, they st- and the, do- the guy still need to have sex. But in terms of the other things that women need emotionally out of life, that men don't necessarily need, uh, the dog provides enough of that to a man. To a man.
0: I just thought of a great idea when you were talking about um, how a lot of men would sometimes prefer their their significant other shut the fuck up for yes. a while. Um, so do you know when, have you ever done this? Uh, I, I haven't, but it's Valentine's day or Christmas and, or your birthday. And, and you say, you know, this year, um, I'm gonna, instead of just buying something, I'm going to take out the trash every day for a month and, uh, something like that. Or I'm going to cook dinner once a week, this whole year, some something, something like that. Right. Uh, so I'd be like, that's, a, that's a fantastic gift. And, um, so for me, I'm gonna have a mute button. Yes. So, like one night a week, when I, you know, when I push the 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 button, you uh, you don't talk. Wow. Now, no one would be able to actually handle that. No. Um, man or woman. No one's gonna give you that gift, Matt. And it would backfire, and you would be seen as a misogynist. And
2: uh, you know who that you know who that would work with? Hmm. A dog. <laughs> you know, so my dogs were being very annoying and barking. So I I ordered them to the back of the house and closed the door. What you want? What you want? That? What you want? What you want? To, someone in your life like that, who like is being annoying, and you can just tell them to go in the back of the back of the house, and close the door. And by the way, while they're back there, all they're thinking about is what did I do wrong? Probably <laughs> not. What an asshole that guy is. What they're thinking is like, I can do better. I can do better next time. I can make him happier. I can make him happier next time. Uh, yeah, I get it's sort your of an point. ideal. Rela- <laughs> sort of an ideal relationship. I look at it as as like choosing
0: to have a severely disabled child. Mm. and uh so you're like uh hey why did you buy that disabled child you know uh, <laughs> it wasn't an accident it's not like you came and your wife and you had two dogs right <laughs> so yes <laughs> like, well, matt why did you go purchase that you know that seems like a weird purchase you went out of your way to and you know to tr- to get that and now it's like so you're gonna come uh, to the bar after the game now my uh, severely disabled child uh, has been locked in my house all day uh some people call it abuse i don't know and uh you know i have to go change its diapers take it outside to piss and um you know and and no i can't go on that vacation either unless i hire like a you know a social worker to uh, be around my house while you know these are all things that I look at as chores feeding it taking care of it it's
2: very it's very for the amount of affection you get in return for the amount of effort you put out it's a very dramatically uh, a relationship that favors the, the human being most mm. definitely you feed the dog once or twice a day uh, if you have a yard if you know a yard, you take it out to walk and take a shit and that's about it I think men would Ideally, see that as a perfect, <laughs> as a perfect relationship. <laughs> and for that, the dog, for the next 15 years, will, will love you and, and, and do whatever you say, follow your orders and do whatever you want and love you undyingly, no matter what. But I do agree with you that once you get past a child a, a childhood age, your children see the animals as part of the family. If you're an adult and you see it that way, as, as human beings, that's that's weird. I agree oh, yeah. with you on that. Like it, it, that's, that's, There's something unhealthy about seeing an animal as a person, whether it be the PETA people, or the people who go to protest the Disney animal movies, or the people who want to save the the seals, or whatever like that. The people who th- see animals equal equal to human beings as adults. Once you're past the age of say twelve or thirteen, then you have some sort of emotional, you have some sort of psychological issue with not handling real human relationships.
0: Yeah, because if you're seeing the dog as an adult, and you know you have it tied up outside the Trader Joe's. And now it's helping a four-year-old to <laughs> yes, walk by. Yes. You know, we have to put your dog in, in prison. Actually, <laughs> if it's a person. Well, I, you so you I, I've hit is.
2: my dog. I've hit my dogs before when, uh, especially when they're younger, when training them. And I don't hit them, beat them. Like I just hit them on the snout to like train them. And my daughter would, she saw me would get really upset, like as if I was beating a person. I wouldn't beat my. I don't beat my kids when they don't follow instructions. <laughs> but you got to be able to hit. You got to be able to hit your dog. And I know, people, some people disagree with that. But they're an, they're animals. And in some parts of the world, large parts of the world, they eat them, and in other parts of the world, they're just used for for, for work. They're just work animals. You come from the fucking call of the wild, there, so you know that. Yeah. Um, but I bet that I bet those fucking uh, uh, dog sledder people lo- sleep with their dogs. They love their fucking dogs.
0: They do, but they 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 have respect for the, They do. They love their dogs, but they they don't think of their dogs as part of their
2: family. They don't sleep in the ma- in the big house in the master's house.
0: No, they think of it as a dog, like an inferior thing that happens to be very loyal and serves a purpose.
2: I think men get the different distinction. I think women have a tougher time not seeing family. Everything, everything is covered of their family. But I will end on, Matt, on this a dog note. I think it might change your mind. Uh, my wife was at her friend's house uh, the other night, and they have two, uh, two or three dogs, I think, and one male dog and two female dogs. And this the female dog in the house... routinely comes over to the male dog the male dog will lay on his back and the female dog so signaled will come over and start blowing the male dog. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes. Like legitimately full mouth around penis uh, in in the act of oral uh, uh, they don't know what they're doing obviously but in the act of pleasuring the male dog
0: are the friends like stop this or this is you guys got to see this trick
2: yes the ladder and uh uh so and the dog so the male dog whenever the male dog signals a female dog he rolls on his back uh, he gets a hummer so (laughs) i hope that changes your hope that changes your opinion on on dogs being better, even better, perhaps than, than human than human beings. I had no idea they <laughs> like could blow each out. other.
0: Yes, you stepped up. A, a I've heard the
2: licking before. This actually, apparently, is a full on a full on a uh, 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 fellatio. So uh, you know,
0: you think it's kind of toothy.
2: I don't know. I don't think the male dog cares. I think he's just really. Uh, <laughs> Let's face it. If you're a male dog, you know how hard it is to get a blowjob. How hard it's to get a blowjob? <laughs> you have something you wish to pimp and promote on the show this week, Matt? Something uh, you're
0: selling? Uh, not really. MattRalston.net, Instagram, uh, the Matt Ralston, Twitter, Matthew Ralston.
2: I got to send you some, Ser- face, Ser- Serena, some Serena Williams pictures. Yeah. I got to find some. I, I literally was like, as much as we make fun of Serena Williams all the time for her body shape, this one, like, I just literally, like, like a noise came out of me when I saw it. It was like it was like I thought like I was seeing like a like some sort of weird like having I like rub I actually literally rubbed my eyes like in the in the car in the cartoons like to see if I was seeing straight like almost as if It's so exaggerated when you saw
0: Andre the Giant for the first time
2: yeah like is that real is he on stilts is or some it sort that, of
0: that is it that jarring because well it's not because she the... was already,
2: she was already the biggest person in tennis before but now she's like the really really biggest person in tennis before right so like if if uh you know some tiny tennis player turned out to be enormous then it would be sh- more shocking but this is like oh my god i'm playing pictures of it right now all right that's our show last Man on earth talk to you next week what makes a man
1: is it the power in his hands is it his quest for glory give it all you got to, to fight to the top so we can know your story